But like myself, I think you're going to be very interested in this story that we're going to tell you. And in this age of missiles and man-made moons, it takes on added significance. There are no actors in this story, but there are a lot of people. The people of the city of Portland, Oregon. And what happened to them, or could happen to them, on a day that we'll call X. This is the land, between the mountains and the sea, between the snow-capped crater of Mount Hood and the Pacific. It's tall timber country. And this is the city, largest dry cargo port on the Pacific coast. And its people are friendly and rugged in the tradition of the Oregon Trail. Population, about 415,000, more or less. More or less about the size of Hiroshima. And this is what happened, or could happen, on a certain day called X. The sun came up at 6.31. Joe Fodev was there to observe and chronicle the event. The paper, Joe noted, was a little heavier than usual, but naturally he didn't stop to read the headline. And Mrs. Frank Stufel, Portland housewife, mother of five, was concerned at 8.02. Get up, you'll be late for school. Children late and coffee boiling. And with these problems duly appraised, she turned to the woman's page of the Oregonian, thus managing to avoid the front page, which, after all, contained nothing but scare headlines. The time? The time is 8.27. Wake up, Portland. It's a wonderful day today. Stay tuned to KOIM for the best in music and news. And now... We continue our wake-up show with more transcribed tunes. The front page is men's work. You just get with the looking pretty. I don't want to read those scary headlines. No, no, it hurts your small feminine brain. Uh, why, hello, it's six minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the uh, plushly appointed, yet not really ostentatious studios of AM 970, uh, the talker. The, uh, I'm sorry. What? I just had, I just, uh, never mind. Somebody just sent me an email with a subject line that reminds me of something we have to do today. So here's, I'll, I'll just, don't let me forget because we didn't get to this yesterday. This says, was I just hearing the kids of Whitney High in the recap or was it the Pimp Squad? Which immediately reminds me of something that you and I. And we have Jimmy Ryan in, right? We have to, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me of that. I didn't even hear, but I, I remember hearing you in the hallway saying yesterday, like, don't tell me, save it for the air. That's right. We have Come to have. tomorrow. Timmy Ryan is going to pop in later on to share something with us, but we have to play that little bit of audio. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm okay, talking right. about there. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Let's not forget about that. All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by and making a part of your listening day. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, it is Friday, and welcome uh, to Day 12. Thank you for uh, joining us. It's 503-733-2970. We'd like to uh, be part of today's program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 
2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. Uh, we appreciate uh, you being there. Here's what's coming out today. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum uh, will be joining us from New York City to talk about the launch of the iPhone 3G. Uh, Jim Rupp will join us from Hollywood, land of industry and filmmaking, uh, to discuss the SAG. Not a strike yet, but the SAG rejection of the offer made by the studios. Correct, Tim Riley? That is correct. All right. Uh, we'll also talk to Cena Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy, who will talk about uh, the great American pastime of baseball and uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we'll also have the top five songs under two minutes. Uh, today we'll be doing the top five songs that are under two minutes in length. I think it was on Monday that we did the top five songs under 35 words. Uh, so this is top five uh, songs that are uh, less than two minutes in length. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will join us later on today. I can't remember if he's... Oh, was it Aaron? Yeah. If Darn you... it, because I didn't bring his comic book or his movie. What, what movie of his do you have? Uh, Wag the Dog. Oh, yeah. So uh, I shall just... I enjoy both of them again this weekend. I think the schedule is all thrown off because last Friday Scott Daly was supposed to be in, but then he was at the St. Paul Rodeo with his girlfriend, and then and oh, Aaron, and then he was going to come in later, but then it, it was, was so like, crazy it was so in here, so crazy and crowded. And it was the Fourth of July, and Aaron was already here, and it was just a big cluster f. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so today, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran joins us. He'll be doing his own sort of mini top five. He will be counting down the top five. Uh, Batman slash Joker stories you need to read before seeing The Dark Knight uh, next week. Uh, so we'll talk more about that here in a moment. Oh, and we'll also have an exciting new iPod innovation uh, that affects you, the Rick Emerson audience. So that's all in the way. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Do you see that styling Kids of Whitney High shirt that Richie Bristol has on today? Totally. It's way better than the one I got. No offense. Uh, because it fits. <laughs> the one I have is actually, it's up in my office. I don't mean to sound ungrateful. The one I have is great. It's just so mad. It's so absurdly large. You can actually buy them from their website. Oh, is the that one true? That, yeah, the one that Richie has. You should totally get one. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm glad that I have the one. I, it's just going to have to, the, the, this is a strange I have comparison. my smushed banana shirt or whatever that was. I have the same shirt, and so this will seem like an odd uh, uh, comparison, but the shirt that I have is good, but it's like the Barack Obama shirt that hangs in the studio, which they only sold in like a double XL. Uh, you can so get it for 15 bucks at the website. I'm all over that. All right, that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna be my next online purchase. Oh, and they also have a black shirt with a red um, a bear on it. It says Whitney High School Kodiak. That I think. Look at that. That's the shirt that the, that the teacher had on. What's that's his a name? Cool Michael. Shirt. That's the what he was wearing there. And then Richie has the one where it's like the universal. It's like the little stick figure guy in a wheelchair for like handicapped spaces. But it's like the back of the wheelchair forms a big musical note. It's righteous. Mm -hmm. And we found out yesterday. More kudos to Richie Bristol. So we discovered yesterday that not only. So this is our. We're not the first radio show they've done though, right? Is that Sarah? The, they have never done, well, Richie sent to me that they've never done radio stuff and that they've never performed live. All right, so there you go. Ever so, in, in the studio. More groundbreaking entertainment from the I Rick Emerson Show. I love Richie so much. Yes, we, we all do. As you said yesterday, Richie, at this point, we really need Richie more than he needs any of us. He really has become the indispensable man. So, anywho. All right. Oh, and I have that thing queued up finally. Oh, so. do you? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll do that before this uh, before this segment is over. We have a special piece of audio that we'll play here just for a while. So if you'd like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Oregon State Police recapture a dangerous escape mental patient. This is the week up of the Seattle to Portland Bicycle Classic, so expect to see the participants everywhere. There's worldwide pandemonium as the iPhone goes on sale and problems arise with its operation. 
7-Eleven is giving away free Slurpees. A Florida police officer was charged with spanking a woman against her wishes. And a woman's fingertip is bitten off in the meat market. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. This email says, Rick, just until I heard it on the recap, I never really fully grasped how terrifying the words to that insect song really are. Spiders are coming after you. Insects are getting you. This really is bees the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> and bees don't steal your food, by the way. I think somebody told the kids of Whitney High a little fib there. I think they've been led astray with some sort of insectual uh, inaccuracy. Um, let's see. Here's another one. Listen to the recap. I can't seem to distinguish between the kids of Ridley High and the Pimp Squad. Is there really a difference? Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, how about this? Um, <laughs> Rick, I'm looking at the photo of you guys with the kids of Whitney High. You know, can I just tell you, sometimes people would be awkward or feel strange about posing with such folks. Good job. You really make it work. Well, thanks so Where's much. Where's our picture? It's, uh, you can go to rickemerson.com. I put it on my, uh, it's on my Space blog, but it, the best place to see it is rickemerson.com because you can click it and enlarge it. Oh, um, totally. I, you, I, if you go to rickemerson.com, which I encourage you all to do right now, leave whatever your scheduled tasks or jobs are aside and just go to rickemerson.com right now. Um, you'll see the first blog entry, which is about yesterday's show. And we got our picture taken with Joey Chestnut and the competitive eating folks. And then we, but we also got our photos taken with the Whitney High kids. And that's the one I posted. If you click on it, you can just see it in absolute crystal clarity. It's fantastic. So I'm clicking. It's opening. That Pee Wee guy's really making a face to end all faces, though. He is. Uh, he's quite a spark plug. That guy. I really should like comb my hair before we. No, you look fine. It's. Uh, no, you look fine. That is you a look, good picture. You look pleasantly tousled. It doesn't it look good. <laughs> and I I think all of us look more or less acceptable. I mean, within the given parameters. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, in any event, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dylan. Hello, how are you? Hello. Sorry, I'm distracted by the Whitney High kids. That's okay. I, I told a friend it was 7-Eleven. Do you ever go and get a free Slurpee? See, I didn't even know there was a free... Is that like free you cone t- day at Ben & Jerry's? Yeah, I went... Uh, last year, I went to the one on Hawthorne, the 7-Eleven on like 20th and Hawthorne, and I'm like, where's my free Slurpee? And the girl didn't know anything about it. I'm like, it's 7-Eleven. <laughs> Mama needs a free Slurpee. Give Mama a free Slurpee. So they... Um, yes, they give me one. So is it like a Ben & Jerry's thing where you could just daisy chain it from one store to another and mm-hmm. just Slurpy yourself to death. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, because every, I think free cone day is like, I think it's Earth Day or around Earth. It's like April 21st or something like that. And you will just see the line, it just is sort of this circular line going into the Ben and Jerry's, out of the Ben and Jerry's, and back to the Ben and Jerry's again, uh, where dudes are just in line all day because they give away like nine million scoops or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that just happened recently too. I saw them just wrapped around for blocks on Hawthorne. Uh, can I tell you? I don't think I've had a Slurpy since. I don't even remember. I think that's probably been since high school. I don't think I've had a Slurpee since I was a teenager. I think that's a thing that you leave. I think that maybe for me anyway. I think I just left that behind as I sort of departed adolescence. Yeah, I never have them. I just always have them on Seven Eleven. I'm a fan of anything free. All right. I can't remember. Here's the. As are we all, Sarah. As are <laughs> we all. We do work all. in radio. There, it doesn't even really matter. Even if it's a thing you don't even really want. Uh-huh. I'll get stuff sent to me in the mail by publishing houses, books that I could not possibly be less interested in, but of course I keep them all. Uh, I keep them all because I didn't have to pay for them. Yep. I have them all. Like, for example, 20 chickens for a saddle. <laughs> the story of an African childhood. Oh. I don't think it's a bad story. Is it, it's, not one of those, it's not like a tragic poverty story? No, there's the press kit that it came with. I always get a lot of these, what's it like to grow up with cleft palate? Grandpa said that in Botswana, going to funerals is practically a national pastime. Oh, this isn't that good. That does sound like a cheery book. Let's read it aloud every Hot, day. Hot, dry, and unforgivingly still. Is that the book or the place? I don't know. All I right. feel dirty holding it. Okay. 
It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol wants to know if we want to talk to his mom today. Uh, I think the answer yeah. to that question is always yes, but we have to talk to Timmy Ryan first, then. Uh, hey, Richie, is your mom available all day? Yeah. All right, excellent. Is your mom available all day? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, it's 503-733-2970. So here's what we'll do. We'll do a few phone calls here. I feel bad. Can I just... Uh, I say we're going to get the phone calls. I'm, I'm going to put you, uh, Angela, back on hold for just one second, and we'll pick you right back up, so don't go anywhere. I feel bad this week. We, we've done such a bad job of getting the calls. because We, we haven't just, gotten any calls. Because we've just had all this, like, crap going on. I mean, not crap. I mean, quality entertainment. I mean, re entertainment that's worth its weight in gold. Um, so I feel bad. So today we'll try to make up for that. Uh, th today we will try to... We will try to eschew our recent habit of making everybody wait like 48 minutes before they get on the uh, on the phone. So uh, it is 503-733-2970. Today's goal is going to be to get to every call within how many minutes of it being screened? What did you say? Reasonable five to ten. Let's five be, to let's be realistic. Let's not let's not cut ourselves off at the knees. So today, uh, it, once it, you call in and Richie screens your call, it is going to be our goal to get to all calls today. Uh, between five and ten minutes after they are answered. Because there was a, like we talked to some guy yesterday who'd been on hold. I shouldn't even say this because it just discourages people from calling. Been on hold for like an hour and twenty minutes or something. And I just felt like a tool about it. But it, you know, but it's let's like we had to. Let's make this one for the people today. You know today's... what? Seven Eleven's giving it to the people. Why isn't the Rick Emerson show? Rick Emerson show today is for the common man. Today's uh, for the callers. It is for you. It's not about us. Uh, so it's five zero three seven three three two nine seven if you'd like to join us on the uh, program today. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, I have all kinds of interesting things to talk about, about the, the Dark Knight. But first, was that Glenn Ford at the top of your show? It was. That was Glenn Ford from a documentary called uh, A Day Called X, which I do believe... Uh, Tim uh, just departed the room to do something or other. He could actually explain this further. I'm pretty sure that it's a nuclear scare film, but the great thing about it is, is it's based in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I thought that was him. Okay, first of all, does anyone agree with me that the Joker is in love with Batman? Um... Well, I would not say you mean in a romantic sense. Well, yeah. I, would, I think it's an love. obsession. I would say that they are. Uh, I would say that yeah. I would agree with Sarah. In my and again, I'm not a comic expert, but I would agree. I would say that the Joker is probably, probably obsessed with Batman in some way because I, I. I would say this is just my read on it, and Aaron can expound on this later. I would say that the Joker correctly surmises that he and Batman are not even really opposites, but really just barely on the opposite sides of a dividing line from each other. Because here's the great thing, and I can go on about this all day. Here's the thing about Batman. Um, here's what makes Batman a more interesting, if you want to call him a superhero, uh, here's what makes him more interesting than Superman, is that unlike Superman, the great and sort of fascinating thing about Batman is that Batman is insane. Uh, is, he is Batman, Bruce Wayne. He is flat out. He's crazy, uh, and I don't mean that in a, I mean, it's just, I in a bad way. He's just you know sees his parents get murdered, traumatized, lives a secret life, whatever. Uh, you know embraces his own dark inner nature. So unlike Superman, who doesn't really struggle with things in the grand sense of you know the grand yes, scheme. I love Superman. Batman is nuts, and so the Joker sees that he and Batman are very much the same, but they have just chosen slightly different paths. But it would take only, as Belloc says in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it would take only a nudge to turn Batman into the Joker. Mm. Okay, and I'll tell you why I think it's love. Yes, definitely he's obsessed with him, but I mean, you know, he wants his attention, he wants a bond with him, he wants an unbreakable bond with him, he wants him to, like, acknowledge the bond, and again, he is always talking about them being each other's 
cuts her half. He wants to change him. He wants to get into his head. So. I believe that oh, he believes that like they're soulmates. Now, it's, uh, I would say that there is sort of a weird obsession that the two of them have uh, oh, with each other in the grand tradition of villains and heroes, yes. Okay, one more thing about The Dark Knight. You know, I know you guys are really eager to see the movie, so am I, and I want to see all the ads, I want to see the previews, I'm tempted to read the reviews, but they give away too much of the movie. I'm so sick of that. Well, I haven't read any of them. Uh, well, but there's, uh, there's a huge spoiler in that trailer, which I will but not I repeat know, here on the it's air. it's obvious. So. It's obvious what it is. Yeah. I mean, we know what's going to happen to the characters. So it's like, why tell us it's going to be all in the movie? Mm. You know, that's why do that? Now, the only solution is revolution. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they give away the punchlines. <laughs> they give away the funny, great lines in the movie. They give away the stunts. You know, it's just, why, why ruin it? You're Find another way to for, build anticipation. Thanks for bringing the room up. I appreciate it. All right, thanks Bye, so much. Bye, Angela. She started off so what positive. Happened? And then she just stopped talking. And, she and, then, she just, and then she just went away. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Angela. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, Angela always calls uh, toward the beginning of the show. Have you noticed that? No. So Is like, she? I don't even, I didn't she's even the recognize one who sang her voice. To me a couple days ago. Did she sing to you at some point? Yeah, don't you remember? No. It's all a blur to me. All right. Uh, okay, so before, so we got Steve Kastermann coming up. We have Jim Rube coming up. We have uh, Ed McCarthy. We have the top five songs under two minutes in length. Uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we'll talk to Timmy Ryan later on. Uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol's mother later on. Before we do any of those, we should probably uh, do this. And it is the audio you've got queued up. So, And I'll stop it right after so that it isn't. And here's the, the only reason we're going to play this. I had sort of, uh, I had resigned myself to the fact that we weren't going to play any of this on the air. Um, I'll give you the little backstory here. So last Friday we did our Christmas in July show. And Tim, you actually didn't get to hear any of this whole saga because you were gone. Yeah. So last Friday was the Christmas in July show. And... We have the Behind the Christmas, which we play. We have the Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her, we did in December, which we also play back. On Christmas, we usually play your Frank Sinatra Christmas special. But I wanted to come up with something original, something new for Christmas in July, something small but new. And so I wrote, and then we all attempted to record a Christmas parody song. Um, and we had this really, really brilliant idea, is that we were all going to share the vocal duties on it. So singing on this, so I, I wrote it, and then Timmy Ryan produced it, and singing on it were Sarah Dillon and myself, uh, Timmy, um, uh, 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 Susan, Chris Paddock, and Richie Bristol. <laughs> and we were all going to sort of trade vocals, and it was going to be kind of a big sort of a We Are the World type of a thing, but a Christmas parody song. And it it just turned out... It just turned out so bad. It turned out so bad. It's like one of those. It's like one of those movies that they end up just sticking back in the vault because it was just such a disaster. And I thought that maybe you were just being overly sensitive. No, and then you it heard is. it. It's the worst. It's, it's terrible. And I mean, that's no knock on Timmy Ryan. He was up till one in the morning trying to make it work. It's just you can't. You can, just, you just, you just, you just, you can't polish a tumor. There's just no you. There's, there's, there's no getting around that. So. We're gonna we're gonna stick it in the vault. We're gonna scrap it and uh, and we're gonna try it again for the actual Christmas holiday coming up in December. So you're not gonna hear it until then. We're just we're gonna be, because I think it's a good idea. But we're gonna just scratch the entire thing and we're gonna start all the vocals uh, from the ground up. You know, a couple months from now we'll try to do it for. And Christmas. that way we can listen to the song a lot more too because I'm not that too familiar with it. So. And it's a difficult song to parody. But that being said, Richie Bristol sang a couple of the lines and. While we weren't going to play any of this on the air, after yesterday's Kids of Whitney High appearance and given the various emails from people who confused the Kids of Whitney High with the Pimp Squad, 
it really does scream out to be played, at least in this sort of isolated sense. So what you're about to hear is not the singing of a handicapped child. This is actually the singing of Richie Bristol. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a joke. This is not a gag. This was. This is uh, about 15 seconds or so of the song that we recorded to be played last Friday, which was just then so bad we had to scrap it. So, uh, here's the sound of Richie Bristol singing. As you dodge the homeless on the streetcar, Max or Bus, out of Gresham, to Flavel, to Clackamas. No, you can let there you go. So how bad is that? I mean, I played that for I played that for a couple people upstairs without telling him who it was. I said, "Hey, who who do you suppose that can you can you back it up and play that one more time?" As you dodge the homeless on the streetcar, <laughs> Max or Bud, out of Gresham to Flavel to Clackamas. It's like one of the kids of Whitney. I went to a solo career. Exactly. Exactly. So I pulled a couple people into my office upstairs. Uh, on... Did you play Kids of Whitney High or Richie Bristol? No, just this. I just played on Monday. There just was a couple... like there, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> I... As you dodge the homeless on the streetcar, Max or Bud, out of Gresham to Flavelle to Clackamas. So there you go. So I on Monday I pulled a couple people into the office and I said. I'm going to play you something. You tell me who you think this is. <laughs> and I played that clip, and every one of them said, Is that a little retarded boy? Because that's just, I mean, that's, that's just kind of mean. It's just cute and sad. <laughs> I didn't dodge the homeless on the streetcar, Max or Bud. Out of Gresham, to Flavel, to Clackamas. Yeah. All right, so... I can hear people laughing in the... Well, because it's, because it's gold. So, all right, well... Thank you, Richie Bristol. Thank you, Richie Bristol. You're he just a, gives and gives that Richie Bristol. He really, he really, he really does. There's, there's just no getting around that uh, in any event. So, all right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ryan running around out there, too. Well, maybe... Uh, Should we do that now? <sighs> Well, I don't know what it is because I didn't hear what. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to we'll talk to Timmy Ryan. Uh, then we'll be joined by Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, and more. Tim Riley coming up at noon later on. Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Top five songs shorter than two minutes. And we'll talk to Richie Bristol's uh, mother. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Dodge the homeless. Wow. On the streetcar, Max or Bud. Out of Gresham to Flavel to Clackamas. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You're right after him. You sound good. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's like standing next to fat people. You look so thin. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, let's see. Rick, you know, the Tim Riley Factor's Christmas time in Portland is, Portland is only marginally better than what I just heard Richie singing. You really ought to re-record that Tim Riley uh, Factor song for this Christmas. I have thought about that, actually, as well. Well, in any event. And I think, 
I think I sing the line right after Richie in that song. No, you do, because I, I potted it down and I could still hear it. Which we're not going to play on the air, not because I have any sense of shame. Clearly, I do not. Uh, but because we don't want to give away the song, because we are going to try to re-record it and make it work for this upcoming And I really, I like my voice in it, too, except for that first damn note. That's the other thing. That I is know. the flattest note I have ever heard. We're kind of talking about something that, A, nobody's heard, and B, you won't hear until December. But, uh, but we all recorded all of these vocal tracks. We all did the whole song, like five takes. And then Timmy Ryan, God bless him, was here late in the night, stitching the best he could, like a quilt, trying to stitch together one whole song out of everybody's various takes. And Sarah has a really good voice, and you actually sound great throughout the whole song, except for this one take, the first <laughs> word, literally. It's, so out of my, it's out of my range. Literally, the first word of the song is so unbelievably, it's like ironing board flat. And that's the take that he used. So while you sound fine... The whole song starts on exactly the worst wrong, note. Like the worst note. Uh, it's, like, it's basically uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's unbelievable. Um, so and my boat, I just can't get that low. Well, because the song is like in this weird middle. Uh, it is middle key. That's like, and I know every singer says this when they can't do something, but it's like completely. It's exactly between everybody's ranges. So all right, well, uh, so that's the that's the. But Richie Bristol really does set the, you know, the gold standard for bad uh, in that song. It's 503-733-2970 here in just a few. Uh, we will be joined uh, by Timmy Ryan, who will have a little something to share with us. We'll talk to Richie Bristol's mother uh, later on, to, uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, and the top five songs under two minutes in length. This, however, is James Roof. Jim Roof, how are you today? I am doing well. Happy Friday. Thank you, my friend. How's life? How are things? How's Los Angeles? That's great. All right, so... It's a place where news happens every second. That's exactly what I'm saying. Even in, even if CNN decides not to put that news on the prep sheet, and therefore we're not able to talk about it. I know that the news is still happening, even if, uh, even if we're not even really able to discuss it some days. So, all right. Let's, let me ask you this. So, what is the... Uh, is the same offer being given to AFTRA and SAG. It's the same offer, but it's just AFTRA accepted it and SAG said get bent, right? Pretty much, from what we understand, it pretty much is the same uh, contract uh, with the exception of really the dollar figure, um, $250 million over three years, pretty close to what AFTRA got. Remember, it's a smaller union, different different types of work is involved here. Um, so, it, but, it, but it basically is the same thing. The only thing that I see that's different is that SAG is going after more money for DVD sales, and the other unions didn't get any of that. And I think that really is the bigger sticking point at this point than anything else. And so is, the, uh, is, is, the, is part of the deal from SAG's perspective that they are a uh, – because after is not just actors, right? It's, TV, it's, it's radio folks, too. Yeah, radio voiceover people. Yeah, that kind of thing. And so is, is that part of SAG's logic that just, well, the, the, the unions are not exactly the same and they're not the same in size, and so therefore it shouldn't just be expected that they would take the same deal? Well, only because the pay scales are different, yeah. I mean, a motion picture actor will get paid more than a, a, a television actor um, to a large degree. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it is. But, but it's really the same thing. It's not that SAG thinks they're better than AFTRA. It's just that SAG thinks 
after it didn't get as good a deal as SAG could probably get. Right. Because they're being real tenacious at this. And a lot of people think, and I even said it too, they're either being hard heads or they're playing hardball. But I, I, I honestly, after talking with them last night, it, it seems as though all they really want to do is make sure the future's secure. Sure. Because if they, uh, just like they did with, we talked about this before, what they did with home video sales. And they'll screw themselves again if they're not as tenacious as they need to be in this and really dog it. And uh, so I don't think they're stalling as much as they just say, look, here's our counterproposal. We're not rejecting your offer, producers. We just want to augment we it. We want to augment it, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, you'll see a lot of contracts now that are written in the entertainment industry. I've seen some of these where they say it, it's kind of fascinating, actually, to the extent that a contract can be fascinating. You will see language written into entertainment contracts now where it says – not just, uh, you know, programs shall be broadcast on radio or programs shall be broadcast on television. It'll actually say programs shall be broadcast on television, radio, Internet, and any future content distribution system or device which may not currently be in existence. Exactly. Which is it's just really amazing when you mean that, you know, that never would have been in a contract 20 years ago. No, it would. You know, on a space-age teleporter, you know, yeah. this, you know, on, on, an, on, an, you know on, a, on, a, on some sort of television atomizing device. Exactly. So, anyway, so now everybody's got to what? Because the studio said, well, this is it, take it or leave it. And they got to what the fifteenth to to ratify or, or officially fifteenth to ratify. It, what that 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 deadline is only to retroactively uh, pay the, uh, the 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 actors what the new contract would be. So if if they ratify it by August fifteenth, the pay increase is retroactive back to the first of this month. If not, if they don't ratify it by August fifteenth, then the pay increases start. The first pay period after ratification, whenever that is. It's also, Did I explain that right? Yes. No. It's in this because I know almost nothing about this, uh, and the the news department of uh, CBS Radio Portland has has told me here also that it is much more difficult to become a member of SAG than to become a member of AFTRA, and so that's why SAG might feel like they got a little more clout. Um, to a degree. I mean, I'm I'm a member of both, so it can't be that difficult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bam! <laughs> can't, can't be that hard if I'm a member. You know. Let me ask you this: How likely is it that the SAG folks are just bluffing on this, uh, and that when push comes to shove, they won't pull the trigger because they don't want to? You know, they don't they don't want to run that risk. Well, they're not bluffing. I, I believe they will pull the trigger if they have to, even though it is ridiculous at this point because. You know, if you're a dual card holder, uh, SAG after it, you can still work. Right. You know, um, but I, but and they haven't called for strike authorization. Well, even if they do, that would take three weeks to a month before it would actually happen. So there is plenty of opportunity, plenty of time to keep talking. Now, producers say they don't want to talk anymore. But after said last night, but they are talking. They are right. they right. are talking to us. So who's to say? I mean, it's amazing that you can meet for five hours. Well, I guess it's not amazing. It's human nature, I guess. Two sides can meet for five hours plus and then come out with two completely different points of view on what happened during right. that five hours. It's like, it's, like some sort of a, it's like some sort of a unionizing Rashomon. Yeah, I mean, and last night, and I, and I wish I was rolling tape on this, but I, I said, you know, you guys are not making this easy on us. Who do we believe? Is it you or is it you? Right. You're going to tell me this. You're going to tell me that. What I got to use both of you in my report. I can't do it. I get 35 seconds. <laughs> Have fun with that. Edit that down for a soundbite. You know. Uh, well, it's going to be an exciting month, isn't it, James? 
Yeah, it will be. Uh, and uh, the governor is right now, that he's in a news conference. I want to get back in there and ask him what his thoughts are on all of this. But I, I don't know that, I don't know that even he could do anything or even would want to do anything. He's, he's made it, a, he's made it a point to distance himself completely from all of this, all of this stuff. Yeah. And I know once this last term is over, he's going to need to get back to work uh, because he's not taking a salary right. for the right. governor job. Right. Oh, all right, we live in interesting times. Uh, I big, love pl- it, man. big plans for your weekend, Jim Rope. Oh, big, huge plans, That's... gigantic plans. <laughs> I just stocked the refrigerator with plenty of libation. Excellent, good for you. It's good <laughs> to take one's place seriously. All right, enjoy your Saturday, your Sunday. We'll talk to you next week, brother. I love you, I swear. All right, there you go, James Rope. Thank you, brother. All right, Jim Rope in Los Angeles. Wonderful. What have I done? What you, what's going on? I'm sorry, and Richie is now, we're making a, a, by the way, it is our vow today that all calls will be answered between five and ten minutes of being screened. So Richie now is doing this thing of when he screens somebody, he puts the time up on the That's screen. great. Good so time. like hold a gun to my head. Um, hey, Timmy Ryan, can you join us in the studio? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, what's up? What's up, brother? Hey, uh, one of your AM 970, the talker clips. Yeah. Um, one of them has a, goes, that, that, and gets higher every time. I was listening to Timmy Ren sing outside, but I'm not sure. You get, what do you, what do you mean? AM 970, the, that, that, talker. This is like Dingo and the Baby. <laughs> is that the one you're always talking about? I'm not sure because they're all relatively new, so I... Okay, I'd... okay yeah, you just had it on a few minutes right. ago. Anyway, the last, the, uh-huh. sounds a lot like Timmy Ryan. Is that true? Uh, yeah, it is true. All right, okay, now I'm going to be listening for it, so now I'll notice <laughs> it the next time I play it. And right? also, I know it's not Christmas, uh, I was wondering if I could make a request for that, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, uh, the uh, it's Rick. parody. It's Rick. It's Rick. Totally. <laughs> yeah, we played that on Friday. It might have played on the recap Monday, but yeah, we'll play that later on today. That's by our good friend Benjamin. We will uh, we'll roll that out today, sir. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, Rick. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Hi, right, let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson thought, Show. My yes. friend Billy, who listens to the show, um, thought that the station he can't hear the T, and he thought that right. our station was called the Hooker. He's like, do you work on 970, The Hooker? I'm That's like, fantastic. I don't like that. Uh, Broadcasting from Southeast 82nd. Hello, Timmy Ryan. How are you today? I'm putting my headphones you on. You seem full of pep this morning. He seems drunk. You know, if somebody else just sent me an email saying that I seem laconic. Uh, he says, uh, Rick, dude, you're a little laconic today. Is everything all right? Signed, Mike, the verbose black guy in Portland. Uh, I'm fine. I ju- you know what it is? It's that some days I come in here... And I'm just running behind. I'm not caught up. Things aren't done. I'm, uh, you know, everything is yeah, sort of askew. Yeah, a little off, like a little off kilter this morning. I don't think I'm, I'm not in a bad way. Maybe I don't even know that it's I'm off kilter. It's just you know what it is. I think I'm still suffering. I think I think we're just kind of suffering a little whiplash from yesterday because yesterday was such a great show. And I think on my blog entry, what did I what did I title it? My blog says chaotic, messy, overscheduled, and brilliant, which is true uh, because yesterday we had three CNN correspondents, three competitive eaters. Sarah's Top 5, The New News Hour, uh, and five kids of Whitney High all singing live and in the studio. And three documentary filmmakers. And, and three one filmmakers. That's the other thing. All the, yeah, the, documenting every single thing we did yesterday. So it's, it's, I feel fine today. I just do. It is like one of those days after you've gone swimming, though, where you wake up and you're like, oh, wow. Right. I want to start my own, uh, my own club, my own network of people, and do, like, competitive drinking. That's not going to end that, poorly. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, that seems destined for a lawsuit and a bad ending. You just have, like, 25 beers, and if the first person to finish them wins. That's you... called college. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, get, you get on that. You let me know how it works out. Okay. All right. Uh, so you cornered me in the hallway yesterday. I did. Uh, and you said, hey, i got to tell you something about Richie. And you kind of blurted it out, and fortunately nobody else heard it, yeah, because I, I was immediately like, you got to wait and tell me this on the air today. So 
please just repeat to me what you just repeat here on the air what you said to me yesterday. Okay, uh, Richie likes banging in dresses. Yeah, now we know that. Now he said before that he has done it, but you gave me an actual figure. Something he says out of the uh, something like the last four or six. I think at least three of them were done, you know, while wearing a dress. Which is like way more than I thought it would have been because he's revealed that. He, but he made it seem like it was a thing from a long time ago. That no. like he'd been at a party at some point in the past that it happened. No, he he likes doing it, and then uh, you know he likes bringing out the dress like once or twice a year. In addition, just to, like wear around the house. No, no, while he's having sex. But Wait, I mean, so he only does. So he only sleeps with someone in his dress once or twice a year. Well, okay, this is what he told me. He said out of like the last six girls that he's banged, like three or four of them. Uh, he's done while wearing a dress, and in addition to that... How does that even... Well, I guess you just hike it up, I suppose. Yeah, and in addition to that, you know, uh, he'll bring out the dress, you know, once or twice a year while he's doing so as well. But I don't understand. What's the difference between the two things you just said? What do you mean hmm. he's banged a bunch of girls while wearing a dress, and then once or twice a year he brings that out? Well, he went through a string where he just, like, banged away in a dress, basically. <laughs> and then, like, you would say Richie and banging away. And then, and then dress... And then he goes through periods where, you know, he just, you know, wears, I don't know, not a dress, and then he'll he'll bring it out again for good measure, I guess. So do you know, does he, like, wear lingerie, too, or is it just, like, dress-specific? I wonder if it's the dress he wore at the bowling, at the bowling alley. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure that, you know, he might be wearing a thong around. Yes. He uh, might be like wearing, right like... right now? I don't know about right now, but like, I, I could see him walking around his... Uh, his housestead in uh, in lingerie. Absolutely. See, I could almost see walking around in a dress or the uh, you know a skirt or whatever. I suppose because maybe it's sort of comfortable. Maybe it's sort of a you know like a like a muumuu esque. Exactly, sort of thing. like a, free, a freeing sensation. Exactly. I was doing a little research on the internet. What last night. name a muumuu is? A is there a less flattering name for some article of clothing? Moomoo's in Hawaii when I was little. My mom bought my sister and I matching muumuus. I mean, it just seems awkward. Now I was doing research on this and apparently. Uh, you know, there is a very small portion of straight guys who do wear women's clothing. One in 40. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but some, I guess there are one straight in 40. guys out there. Yeah, one in four. That's the figure you always hear, is that one in 40 guys is a cross-dresser. There are 40 oh, men who work here, by the way. Yeah, they're completely straight. We've had 43 presidents. They're completely straight, So, uh, but they, they enjoy wearing women's clothing, especially while getting it on or intimate acts. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I almost we almost started the show today with a clip from Eddie Izzard where he talks, because Eddie Izzard is a straight man, uh, but who is a transvestite. Uh, and he has this, uh, Eddie Izzard's whole take is it's like male, lesbian sort of a thing where it's like you're a guy who's a girl tomboy or inside or whatever. Anyway, but all right, so have, let me ask you this. Have you been to Richie's house and seen any of the dresses? I'm just curious. He has shown me things. What things are that? You don't need to be I coy did, here. What well, things? Well, okay, I've been over his house, and I, I've seen dresses hanging up before. And I, I just, I <laughs> did, did you ever ask yourself, like, in the back of your head, did you did you go, like, that's funny. I don't see any girls living here. Well, first off, if you go to Richie's house, I mean, he's got, like, nine PlayStations. Yeah. And he's got, like, his, like, four buddies that are always hanging around there. Of course. And the place is really smoky. Um and, but I, I have seen a dress or two hanging around, and I just didn't ask any questions. I thought, hey, you know, maybe maybe there was a girl there, or maybe they had a stripper or something over, and she just left the dress. But <laughs> maybe, she went home naked. <laughs> maybe after burying her body in a shallow grave somewhere, they forgot to dispense with the clothing. Seriously, what what stripper just goes to have to take off <laughs> her clothes and leave? I don't know, but I want to find her. The kind that's on her way to a landfill. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, in any event.
All right. Thank you, Timmy Ryan. I appreciate we it. We should embrace Richie's crowd. Oh, no. You know what? We have no, no, we have we nothing we pass no We pass no judgment here. It's just a thing. You know, here's the thing. It is not a thing that troubles me or bothers me in any way. Although, except... <laughs> All right, then. It's 503-733-2970. Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I was hoping that his headphones were still attached to the board. As he walked out. Uh, By the way, we've been told that I'm going to read this without comment. I'm not going to add to this. I'm not going to say anything. uh, I'm not going to inject any, any, uh, any other observations here. I will not be augmenting uh, this statement in any way. I'm reading this directly off the screen. Uh, you know, we talked to our good friend Chris Sneathan yesterday from OnTheVig.com, uh, who is a local journalist and who is a fan of Joey Chestnut, competitive eater, who joined us here in the studio. Uh, Chris Sneathan will be at Smoking at the Ocean, uh, Chinook wins. He'll be at the Smoking at the Ocean eating contest this weekend. Chris Sneathan will be going to read this without comment. Eating from multiple sclerosis. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Uh, just a, a quick question about um, Richie. Yes, sir. Um, you know, he had the whole transvestite Internet sex thing. Um, I just was curious, how does this whole cross-dressing play into that? I mean, he had such a, well, I guess a problem, but he was kind of mortified at the whole having relations on the internet but what about him in a dress with the women well i think with? if you're but i mean i don't want to speak for richie i say <laughs> preparing to speak for richie but if you're richie bristol and you're getting on with some good not like the girl thinks it's a woman right like if you're some girl who's banging richie bristol while he's wearing a dress how i never thought i'd be using that phrase on the air let's all stop and ponder that for a second wow yeah. Um, it, but, but it's not like he's fooled some girl into thinking he's a chick. I mean, we've, uh, you know, it's not just Sarah. I think Joni DeRoshi made some comment about this, that uh, there's some girls who find certain men to be sort of attractive or alluring uh, when they are uh, when they are addressed that way and, you know, whatever. So, and again, doesn't matter to me. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. No, um, no, it doesn't bother me either. I just was just was kind of curious. I don't it, think anybody's you know. being fooled is the point. I think the deal with Richie and the, with Richie and this transsexual transvestite that he was chatting with online, I think the deal is uh, that person had marketed themselves as a woman, and then it turned out uh, the denouement was that they were it was a man. False yeah, I don't think uh, Richie. I don't think Richie. Look, let me tell you this. Uh, Monday, I think it was, I stood about a foot away from him while he was wearing heels, fishnets, a dress, and a wig. Nobody was fooling anybody into believing anything. Let's just yeah. be clear about that, all right? I don't doubt that. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's welcome now to the ring show from the South CNN radio correspondent and smooth dude, Ed McCarthy. <laughs> Hello, sir. How are you, Rick? How are you, brother? Sir? I am good, thank you. What is, what is up in the South? You know, we get to talk kind of sporadically these days. How's life? How are things? You know, life is good uh, if we can avoid getting struck by lightning these days. We've had uh, a lot of uh, bad weather moving through here. But, you know, somebody, uh, but other than that, you know, it's been good. We had a, we had a real good stretch for a while, too. Somebody so. sent us. Was it Aaron that sent us, uh, Sarah, the video of somebody who was holding a camera while they got hit by lightning? Yeah. Is it real? Do we know if that's true? <laughs> yeah, it's real. You can't really see anything. But, yeah, I guess it it hit the camera and then, like, went uh, hit her right hand and then, like, the current went out through her left hand or something. I saw the greatest photograph a while back. I forget where. One of those things on the, you know, the Internet that just sort of Vanishes, um, but it was a it was a guy who was sitting. He wasn't sitting outside, but he was sort of. He had like a, he has a, a you know a sliding glass door that leads to his backyard, 
and he was sort of sitting in the living room watching a lightning storm through the sliding glass doors. In other words, he's sitting just inside the house watching this lightning storm, and he's taking photographs of this amazing lightning, and a lightning bolt comes down and hits the picnic table that's on his porch just, in other words, about 10 feet away from him, just outside the door. And he has this amazing photograph that's clearly real, uh, taken from about 10 feet away of a lightning bolt, because I guess of the umbrella on the picnic table or whatever, coming down and hitting his front porch. And it is this, it's huge. I mean, it looks like it's about three feet across, and it's just this purple bolt hitting his back porch about 10 feet from where he stood. It was the most amazing photograph. Uh, lightning is really Lightning is really pretty, um, uh, pretty unbelievable. It's one of those one of those little things that lets you know. It reminds you that we are not in control of nature in that, any way at all. That is very true. Uh, I feel sorry for the people that uh, have been victimized by it too. You know, you know he was lucky; he just hit near him there. But uh, you know, this poor guy felt bad. He was uh, in the news the other day. Uh, Three months he's been in the house, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. he's out. You know, it's gone. So they got you covering the so the, the baseball thing because I know that we had this. Uh, I mean, we've had a single a story every day this week about some other industry that's being screwed by the, the fuel thing and the, right. the airlines, especially. Right. But I know you said that the baseball season appears to be in, in full swing, fuel prices notwithstanding. Right. This is an Eddie McCarthy Enterprise story, by the <laughs> way. So, you know, I just want you to know that we uh, we came up with this and uh, we put it to work, and it's the good news side of things. Of course. Baseball's been pretty smart this year. Uh, a lot of teams have been giving away gas cards to lure people into the seats. So here's what's going on with baseball. You know, you see concerts. Concerts, uh, a lot of them are down on attendance. And baseball is flat, which means that they've not gained at this particular point in big numbers. But nevertheless, they haven't lost any either. So, you know, they got past the steroid scandal, and they continue to draw the fans in the big numbers, and the economy just doesn't seem to be a factor when it comes to baseball. So we're heading into the All-Star game on Tuesday, and it's going to be the halfway point of the season. And they got that. The other thing is they got that big Bon Jovi concert happening in uh, in Central Park too. So, so you got Bon Jovi playing. You got the All Star game. You got Nathan's hot dog eating contest happened two weeks ago. I feel an American resurgence in the works at McCarthy. There you go. I feel like we are America's on the comeback trail. Uh, you know, <laughs> just you know, put the blinders on today. Don't look at the stock market and don't look at what's going on with the, the housing. And oh, it's the uh, the zeitgeist though. Is it's 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 trending upward as they say. So, uh, we hope. We can uh, only hope because uh, we have nowhere to go but up. All right, my friend, are you going to uh, do anything exciting this weekend, or is it simply because you? I know you work for part of the weekend, so you yeah, just... I'm, I'm just I'm just getting prepped for surgery on Monday, so I'm I'm real excited about that. So it'll be a real fun weekend. Well, all right then. Just well, think, just thinking about that as a doubter. <laughs> are you are you having that vestigial tail removed or? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, you know, if we talk to you on Monday, I'll be on pain pills. How would that be? <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm going to book you right now. Yeah. No. No. That'll be the day of surgery. Maybe the next day I'll be on pain pills as well. You all right, my that. friend. Well, you know, the, the pain pills with one of those vodka cranberries. I hear would that, that be they. Good? The I hear the efficacy of those things just would skyrockets. That, would that work? Absolutely. Rick Emerson is a doctor, and he endorses. Right, this, this pain method. pills and half a cake. How's there you that? go. You tell him that I recommended that. All right, good. All right, hope everything goes well, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Ed McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen. That was odd. Yeah, I wonder what's going Well, it was on. one of those things where I left the pause, waiting to see if he, would, he, sort of, say, yeah. if he would sort of go, well, I'm having this extra head removed. Yeah, and if someone doesn't say anything, yeah, that was, that was yeah, just move. You don't ask. <laughs> so, what's wrong with you? That's, yeah, I opted not to do that. All right, we've got a couple phone calls. Uh, well, you know, we're trying to get uh, today... 
Uh, we're trying to get all phone calls answered uh, between five and ten minutes after uh, they're screened because uh, lately we've just been. I said, I mean, we haven't been neglected the call. We've gotten to them. It's just we've been lately. We've had just so much going on that just people have had to wait forever. So we're trying to reverse that trend. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? I, I want to talk about uh, Timmy Ryan for a second. Yes, sir. What's the deal with him? He can't <laughs> make it through one se- sentence without getting bleeped. I just like the phrase, what is the It's like an area man wants to know, what is the deal with Timmy Ryan? I love him. He's funny, but it pisses me off to no avail that you don't ever get to hear the punchline with him. I know. I know it's going to be hilarious. You guys are laughing, but you dump it. Um, he just he tries to be he, he tries to be like dangerous and I, like be be like the bad boy. Well, tell him to stop it, damn it. I think here's the thing about Timmy Ryan is that uh, I think Timmy Ryan there's a thing in radio and I think in all forms of entertainment called the line. And so usually Timmy Ryan is pretty good at walking directly and sometimes standing actually on the line. Like he will be on the line, sort of straddling the line between. Every once in a while he finishes it and you get to hear what it says. He does a good job. But it's like one joke out of three. Here's what one he will do. Eight. He'll he'll do he'll do the and I do this a lot too. There's a thing there's a thing in comedy called chasing the punchline. And when when Joni DeRoshi and I write a script, we always have to stop ourselves from chasing the joke, which is where you make the joke and then you have to do one line after to make sure that people get it. And so no. I always have to make sure I don't do that. So what? But like one time out of three, <laughs> Timmy Ryan will make the joke. It'll be funny. And then he'll decide that it hasn't been hammered home quite enough. So he'll make the one additional comment that then gets him bleeped. And most, actually, most of the time, to be honest, it really isn't that funny. Well, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. The to be oh, he, he, is, he is a funny guy, and like he ends on on the good note, and then he just takes it one step further. See, that's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like how if you listen to Letterman's top ten list, the number two on Letterman's top ten list is always, always great. Yeah, but number one always sucks. The number exactly. one item on Letterman's top ten list. So Timmy's follow-ups are like the number one thing on Letterman's ten <laughs> list. Also, this if this makes you feel better. Uh, the joke, uh, the comment that Timmy made that we bleeped just now, wouldn't have been funny to you because it was a it was a a very obscure reference to something in radio. Inside joke. Yes, it was a very inside joke that we decided just to remove for the sake of decorum. So you All didn't right. really miss anything, my friend. Well, I just listen every day at work. So what, what kind of work do you do? I'm a machinist. All right, my friend. Uh, well, enjoy your weekend. Stay cool. We will uh, talk to you whenever you feel like well, calling you guys in. You will have a good one too. Thank, Thank you, my you friend. Too. Call us anytime. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have one more. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, um, this is Julius Dad George. Hello, I've hi. I've got a quick one here. I used to work at a company here in Portland. They closed down. It was a French company, and they made fiber optic cable that went underneath the oceans. And uh, part of my job was I was a human grounding rod. I'd, I'd short things out, and you'd pull, like, six-foot lightning bolts off of anywhere from 45,000 to 300,000 volts charged up cables it was uh i don't understand what do you mean when you say you were a human grounding rod that seems like you'd gear up and you have like a a six foot long pole with a big resistor on the end and a grounding strap on the other end and the fun part about it was there was somebody standing behind you that was geared up the same way in case you went down to ground you out you're the redundant somebody there to be the redundancy yeah yeah that seems like an unnerving way to earn a living oh yeah best job ever all right thank you sir (laughs) see you all right uh, all right, here's the deal. So we've got a request for the It's Rick thing. And I know, did somebody, did the guy, did the white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Guy, send you something new? Yes. But so I was going to play it returning. You'll play it later? I wanted to play it returning back because we're a couple minutes before the news are, so all I think right. we could fit it in. Well, do you want to just break now then? Yeah. All right, let's break now. Well, we can play it now. Let's play it on the way back. Okay. 
All right. So after that's a guarantees right there. So on the way back, uh, when we return, uh, you will hear uh, the latest production from the White Wheat Sourdough English Muffin Bagel slash Oscillating Fan, Fan, Fan guy. Uh, stay there. So that's on the other side of this break. If you tune out, you'll miss it. Then you will have to flog yourself out of shame. Stay there. Tim Riley around the corner. I'm a classy girl. an Xbox. I'm a classy girl. You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. I'm a classy girl. What is ringworm? I'm a classy girl. His tongue is hanging out. Look at I got you. I'm a classy girl. You know, I don't really recall. There are a lot of guys in the room. Yeah, I'm trying to find a bigger one. I'm a classy girl. Good news, everyone. I'm a classy girl. Jesus, for the love of Christ. I'm a classy girl. <laughs> that is fantastic. He well done. Seriously, we need to put that guy in retainer. I mean, we won't, but we ought to. I don't so much like the part about the guys in the room. They were a lesbian couple. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well done, Calvin. Thank you, Calvin. All right. It's 50373. We have the best audience ever. Mm. I know I say that a lot, but I think it's true, and it bears repeating. We have the best audience ever. I know I say that a lot, but it bears repeating. We have the best audience ever. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, talk about the big iPod frenzy. Now we have just a few moments, but first, five people were rescued from a stranded sailboat early this morning. Oh, by the way, this news, of course, is brought to you by Leif's Auto Collision Centers. Finest in collision repairs, go to lace.com and find out what lace can do for you. So this boat crashed into a railroad bridge near Hayden Island on the Columbia. Around quarter of four this morning, the boat was docked near the Red Lion in overnight. Five people were asleep and the sailing boat drifted down the river and hit the Burlington Northern Railroad Bridge. This is an 86-foot sailboat. It became stuck, and the main mast worth about $100,000 broke. And apparently they sailed this thing around the world before. So they think somebody cut it loose. But they'll be all right. A dangerous mental patient has escaped and has been caught. OSP chased him down and captured this dangerous fugitive. Who they say carjacked a vehicle, rammed a patrol car, attacked a cop. After escaping from the state loony bin, <laughs> Michael Sands carjacked a vehicle around 7.30 this morning. And officers quickly spotted it. Already on alert due to his past history of carjacking. Do we have? Are there multiple loony bins? I mean, when you say from the state, well, the is, there, is there yeah. just what is this? What is the big one? Salem. Oh, is that really? Well, that seems like a good place yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much damage can you possibly do in Salem? Uh, Sands led officers on a chase through Salem, eventually ramming a patrol car. Uh, then at that point, the vehicle flipped near the intersection of Division and Commercial Street, and uh, police say Sands jumped out of the red car and tackled a cop. During the struggle, the officer said Sands tried to steal his taser. Another officer arrived and unleashed a canine that was able to finally stop him. 
The officer uh, attacked by Sands was transported to a hospital for treatment. Sands' criminal history includes assaulted a police officer in Curry County, February 2008, and a carjacking in the clack. This morning, authorities said Sands used force against his staffer to escape from the loony bit around 1.30 this morning, took off on foot and headed for downtown Salem. He's uh, 27, described by many as a white man. He's stands... <laughs> described by many, but not all. No. He stands up 5'11", weighs, uh, weighs 185 pounds. Brown hair and blue Is he eyes. described by others and, and, as being Nigerian? As many white people do. <laughs> Clean shaven. And uh, wearing a khaki sweatshirt and pants. Oh, khaki. Now that's a white man. Mm, that's All a right. white man. Yeah. <laughs> head dressed head to toe in Banana Republic wear. A 57-year-old motorcyclist is dead after losing control after illegally passing several vehicles at SR-14. Really? Oh, wait, is this a Darwin watch? Well, it's only three lines. Wait, legally or illegally? Illegally. That's okay. a Darwin. Let's, let's, yeah. let's just do this again just for the satisfying feeling it'll give us. Bad stuff is about to go down. Uh. Don't, don't, don't. I ate all my cap. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. this story again from the top. So this is a 57-year-old motorcyclist, obviously someone in midlife crisis. <laughs> this is a serious crisis because he's dead. It turned out not to be so midlife as it was end-of-life crisis. End-of-life. He's dead after losing control while legally passing not one, not two, but several vehicles at SR-14 and then running off the roadway. Uh, Gordon McDonald was thrown from the bike as it rolled over several times. The westbound lane was closed for several hours as they picked up all the pieces. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I guess I should have anticipated that that would be the tag to this story, uh -huh. but somehow it caught me by surprise. Sarah, this is why ye ought not ride a motorcycle. I've, decided, I've settled on a scooter. Yeah, there you go. I'm well, going to do a scooter. Now, can you take a scooter on the highway? I don't I, Um, It depends It depends on how many cc's it is. I think I'm going to, still, you still have to get like a motorcycle license for why it. Why have you decided against the motorcycle? Not that I disagree. Because it's scary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're terrified. I, I was thinking about it like I, I really like riding it, but you know what, like when I was thinking about all those trips I take to, you know, on, I, on the I-5. Yes. And where it has, you know, like gravel on the roads and always has like caution motorbikes and stuff. I just really, I don't, I don't feel like it's the proper no. mode of transportation for And myself. you fell off your bicycle into some shrubs the other day. Is that true? <laughs> says the news department. <laughs> says the news department interrogating you. I, I wasn't made aware of that. Yes, it is true. It's. I did not fall. I kind of wobbled. There In, was a rock. How do you wobble? There was a rock. Okay. It was dark. Uh huh. Uh, is no. there not a light on this bicycle? I know it had a light, but unfortunately, I just it did wasn't not see shiny it. enough. It was okay. not shining brightly. You know, both. Can I just tell you this? That again, for like the hundredth time into the last year, my bicycle lights have vanished, and I don't think they were stolen. I think they're just gone. Uh, I always have to stick mine in a specific spot. I have to put mine in a specific place, too, because, I, you know, like I do with my keys and my Blackberry and everything, so I'll lose it. But, you know, I mean, it's not like that one time that I parked. At Trader Joe's, of all places, where I expect better, I expect a better class of shopper. And they do have them there. But, see, but, and some filthy hippies, too. Actually. I was just going to, but not in Southeast Portland, apparently, Tim. Uh, because Do you support my scooter thing, though? I do. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to work my way back to that. Uh, okay. To say that, uh, let me say this. I do like Trader Joe's. I really do. Uh -huh. Uh, but I parked my bike there some time ago, and you know, I know you're never supposed to leave your 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 uh, uh, your front light, your your bike on the front of your light because people can steal it. But I thought I'm at Trader Joe's. I'm a there. I I actually shop there all the time. I really uh, do. I no, I really do love okay. Trader Joe's. Here's I'm the to say, there's a, there's one place that I go to that's a that's a big store, 
that um <laughs> no, there is though. There's there's one supermarket that I go to that sells these like prepackaged sushi bits, uh-huh. and they sell them there for seven dollars. And I go to Trader Joe's, and they have the same ones for two fifty. Here's what they sell at Trader Joe's that I'm a sucker for. They sell these huge tubs of miniature lard. chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> also of lard. <laughs> well, the lard is cleverly the lard is cleverly uh, disguised as cookies. Do you convince yourself that the cookies are good for you because you buy them from Trader Joe's? Yeah, anything from Trader Joe's is better for you because it is from Trader Joe's. And because they're tiny. That's the other thing about them. They're, they're, I mean, they're like the size of cookie crisps here. I do. They're the size... Boy, I'm disgusting. I am that guy who emailed yesterday and said that uh, I make him sick because I eat two boxes of Kraft macaroni. I am disgusting. You're pretty gross. God damn, I revolt myself sometimes. Um, so Trader Joe's, your bike light was stolen, working back to the scooter. But real quickly about these Here's cookies. how I imagine Sarah looking on the scooter. <laughs> exactly. Is that from Roman Holiday? It is. I imagine you from a scene of Roman Yay! Holiday. Yeah. You need, That's you need how I want to look. around the neck. Oh, uh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll be decked you, out. You need a, a gentleman to mire on the back, though. They sell them. Um, <laughs> They sell these big plastic tubs of chocolate chip cookies that are like little cookie crisp side things. You're still on the cookies? I'm just saying. And so I have this fantasy, though, of just like filling that with milk and then just eating that as a cereal. But I wouldn't because that would be horrible. Um, but so I was at Trader Joe's and I had my bike light in the front. I went in for like 90 seconds to buy like some rhubarb or whatever. And I come back out, bike light gone. And it just infuriated me. And so now my bike lights haven't been stolen. I've just lost them. And so bike lights, we're not going to do a high concept topic about this, but we could. Is it a high concept about things that always get lost? Always. And I mean, apart from... How do you get lost? Is, is it not, not screwed on to the rest of the bike? No, they're detachable. That's the thing about bike lights, is that they're not... Uh, because if Detachable. The, well, because you need to be able to take them out or replace the battery, replace the light. You know, if the, if the light bulb burns out or if the batteries go dead, you need to be able to take them off and get at the inside. So they're, they, they detach. Oh, um, and... So, I mean, that falls into the category of things you always lose. Everybody knows that socks get lost. I mean, it's been, that point has been made so many times, there's just no point. That even happens to me. But, I mean, but, you know, but don't even get me, I mean, when, I cannot even imagine how many pairs of sunglasses I have lost in my life. And I know that doesn't happen to Sarah because she treats them like children, but <laughs> I have lost probably 7,000 pairs of sunglasses in my life. Are you still rocking the, the bitchin' ones that we got you? No, but here's the thing about that. So I lost those, of course. I had to go back. It's funny you say that. I had to go back to my insurance company to their optical office because they sell those. These big-ass Terminator X sunglasses that, like, fit over my regular glasses. Uh, so I had to buy some of those. But it's only a matter of time till those are lost as well. Anyway, so I uh, I strongly encourage you riding a scooter as opposed to a motorcycle, especially if that's going to be a thing that's on side streets and regular city streets as opposed to the highway. Yeah, it would be like a, a, a commute to work kind of thing. And also just kind of, you know, riding around town because I miss... I really love just going for drives right. and, like, listening to music and, like, just, like, surveying the city in which I live. And you don't want to do it in your car. I can't do it anymore. No, like, here and back... Uh, like in my gas guzzler, it's like you know quarter of a tank, and, and just, I live like two two R- miles away. Richie was telling me it cost him two hundred dollars round trip to the coast. Really? For gas? Jesus. Yeah. And, and it cost me a hundred dollars to get to Bremerton and back. And, and you know what? That's and, not worth it. And just sort of cruising around the city on a summer day is not as enjoyable in your car as it is if you can. I mean, if you have a convertible, maybe I guess. But you know, that's you know, like a scooter if you're on your bike or whatever. That is, you know, that's a thing made. Summertime is made for that kind of. And plus, you're just not going to get killed. And I don't have, let me be very clear about this, I don't have anything against motorcycles per se. They're just not for me, and I don't have anything against motorcyclists. But 
You know what? If I'm going to be on a, a, a big stretch of highway where everybody's going 70 miles an hour and they're all in 2,000-pound boxes of steel and glass, I want walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Because if you fall, that's it for you. That's, I mean, that's, that, that is the end of it. Like I said, this guy, you will no longer be having a midlife anything. That, that, they will be taking you out of there with a dustbuster and a hose. So uh, not for me, thanks. Now he was trying to do the evil Knievel thing. I can do one car, two, three. Seriously. Go for another one. See how many I can pass. <laughs> Dead. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Not even enough time to see your life pass before. <laughs> he had to get the, he only got the trailer for his life. <laughs> he got the, one man. <laughs> Dead. Don't, don't, don't. Another one. Uh. Don't, don't. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Attention all of those of you who own stock. Uh, please don't check your portfolio because yeah. the Dow just dropped below 11,000 for the first time in two years. Enough of that. That is the uh, Fanny and Freddie both. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, attention all Catholic priests. It's been <laughs> nearly a year since the Holman State Wayside Park in West Salem was closed down after hundreds of complaints of using the restroom for sex. During its closure, that restroom has been demolished. Wait, what restroom where? The Holman State Wayside Park in West Salem. There's no place that you'd go. Uh, during its closure, the restroom has been demolished and replaced by a new portable one. So whatever you do, you have to do it standing up. So start practicing. <laughs> uh, it's been a popular starting and stopping point for bicyclists, drinking fountains, and other improvements have been added. Wait, is this a porta john Yeah, apparently. So this isn't even a... T- this, is, this is like a honey bucket. Yeah. Who has sex in a honey bucket? If you have, oh my God! If you're having sex in a honey bucket, somebody's, you need, gonna, somebody's probably practicing right now. You need to be destroyed. Okay, that's just like you know. Sometimes they'll say the animal was destroyed following the attack. If you're having sex in a honey bucket, you yourself need to be destroyed. You need to be taken out back, killed, and burned into ashes. That's just that, that is so gross. What time has your life taken where you're having sex in a honey bucket? How? I mean, really? There's. Well, there's no excuse. There's none. To, they're trying to dissuade people from doing it, and that's why they're making them smaller. You can't look. If the idea of having sex uh, in a place that reeks of human feces is not enough to dissuade you from that particular activity, not, what could possibly dissuade you? We'll, we'll find out. I mean, what, what if you were covered in spiders? I mean, what would possibly be a deterrent to you at that point? Boy, people are revolting. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I feel better about eating a big thing of cookies. You someone <laughs> humping it out in a honey bucket. No. Jesus. Hey, why do I'm a classy girl. Let's why don't we go have sex in a honey bucket? Okay, so here's the question. Would you like who do you think okay, Scarlett Johansson. In a honey so bucket. She, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean yes. But can I can I say almost I think we can say definitively, whatever girl in this story was having sex in a honey bucket, don't look like Scarlett Johansson. I think we know that that's true. Uh, so, I mean, the answer to your question, though, is yes. I mean, is that my only opportunity? Um. Like, am I offered a second choice? No, no, but you, there is a possibility you guys might bump into each other again down the road. No, I'd still do it. You know, <laughs> I know you'd still do it. It's my dad always taught me, like, in terms of card playing, always go with the sure thing. You know? So, there you go. So, uh, what a big honey bucket hypocrite I am. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, somebody got killed pulling out of their driveway in Salem last night. A pickup truck with a trailer was traveling north on Turner Road with a Subaru pulled out from a driveway, hit the pickup, which blew up. The driver of the Subaru died in the crash. It's unclear whether the impact of the fire killed the driver. Not that it matters at this point. 
Uh, please don't don't have any more information to give us at this time. Can I tell you this about uh, cars hitting motorcycles and cars hitting bicycles and cars, whatever? Um, so that whole story we had yesterday, that business of the mo- the motorist yelling at the cyclist and the cyclist then attacking the car with his bicycle, and then it turns out the cyclist works for the Department of Transportation and was drunk, story. and the motorist is a cycling advocate, and then there was the whole mob and the whatever. Uh-huh. So I was talking to Dave Zinni, and we get a lot of, uh, you know, all of our messages up front, all of our uh, inter-office memoranda. Those things are all carried by, by, uh, by uh, what do you call it, bicycle messengers. Bike messengers, yeah. So we have bike messengers coming by. Hi, Muppet. How you doing over there? Um, because, you know, CBS Radio is in three different buildings. There's us, there's Kink, and then there's uh, the Coin Tower. And so cycling uh, bicycle messengers come by all day, and they're ferrying these big manila envelopes back and forth between the three buildings. And... At least two of the three bicycle messengers who came by yesterday still sided with the cyclist in that story, which is weird. Uh, really? So, and again, I, you know, whatever. I, I'm just. It just seems like it. You, well, I think that, well, especially bike. You, uh, I think Tim really nailed it, though. We need. So this really is. It's one of those weird polarizing stories. And I mean, I'm the first to say I wasn't there. The co- well, and I think the bike messengers have a different outlook too, because. They do do that kind of stuff. You know, they run because they have certain amount deadlines, of packages. Right. Yeah, because my friend is a bike messenger, and they have deadlines. Like, they have to get packages to places in, under a certain amount of They're time. They're like the dominoes of mailmen. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Like, he would have to have, you know, like, 70 things to deliver all around the town. Had to be back at the office by, like, 6 o'clock. Right. It just had to be done. Right. And so they, they're, like, kind of reckless. In a cool, in a strange way, doesn't that seem like a really cool job? Oh, yeah, bike messengers are, like, the hottest guys ever. Well, that wasn't really the angle oh, I was I, I mean, was going there, but I... <laughs> honey buckets. Uh, all right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, hey, this is Benjamin. Hello. Oh, is this Benjamin of the? What's this? Yes, it is. Excellent. We're going to play that later on today. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, speaking of that, I wanted you know I don't want to discourage people from calling to request my uh, my songs, but they can get them on uh, myspace.com slash Benjamin the Bard. Oh, excellent. Benjamin the Bard at MySpace. They can get that. Excellent. Yeah, Thank you, actually, my friend. The, uh, it's Rick's song is, is the first one that kind of automatically plays. So, um, But I also want to talk to uh, Sarah about riding a motorcycle. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's not just great in terms of gas mileage. Like, I get 150 miles on, like, four gallons of gas uh, for pretty cheap, and you can park them anywhere, but they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is the safety issue. Is the death. Yeah, you know, you don't just so much want to drive defensively, and it's not just that you want to assume that people don't see you. Really, if you kind of come from the perspective that people are actively trying to run you off the road, then you should be fine. That's how. That's exactly how I ride my bicycle every day. I just <laughs> I go under. I, I ride under the notion that every single car is trying you. to kill me. Assume that they're all out to get that's you. Not, that's how you have to survive. And the say, just like even if it's the nicest person, you don't have to be mean to him. But it's just like be aware that there's a giant steel, you know, death trap behind well, you. You know, I live my whole life assuming that everybody everywhere is out to get me. Everywhere I go. So you know, supermarket. You know, down to the corner store, you know, walking by a church, whatever. So that, that is a wise choice. All right. Thank you, sir. And, and uh, one more thing. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. There you go. Uh, and this guy says um, uh, 90% of motorcycle-related accidents are not the fault of the cyclist. Well, that's and that's the thing. It's like you're, the road is just filled with morons, Most, you know, almost all of them in cars and a lot of them drunk and stupid. So here's Tim Riley. Oh, and I told you I'd count those bike hanging things on the max. There were four in every car. There, there is. So in each car, that's what I thought. So there's yeah. more than one. So you can hang four bikes in a car. Yeah. And I mean, there aren't, aren't any handicapped people there. They usually are. That seems that seems reasonable. Uh, yeah. Four. I mean, it's a good place to start, I guess. I mean, you know, who could... and, and you know, most transit 
systems in most major cities don't even allow bikes on during rush hour anywhere. Really? Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Portland is a very, very bike-friendly city. Mm-hmm. We certainly have our issues. Uh, but I'd say that we're more accommodating of bicycles than probably most other cities our size. Firefighters have been on the scene of a three-alarm fire in the Salem area. A building in several greenhouses and a nursery on Windsor Island Road caught fire this morning. Kaiser firefighters, Woodburn, and Marion County all responded to the fire. Apparently, they had some propane tanks blowing up. It is the 81st birthday for 7-Eleven, and that means free slurping 81st? Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Wait, hold on. So that would have made it, I'm so bad at math, 1917? 1927? 1927. 1927. So, but I mean, was it always a convenience store? I say, as though Tim is the repository of all 7-Eleven knowledge. Well, the first Slurpees were introduced in 1965. Never forget 7-Eleven. Since then, more than 6 billion of them have been sold. I just stole that joke from an email. It's not even my joke. I'm going to repeat it, though. These are 7-ounce cups of free Slurpees all day long. So awesome. I'm I gonna love, pick mine up on my ride home. I love 7-Eleven. I could go on and on till the break of dawn about 7-Eleven. And, and you have. It is. It's just, and it's, I foresee it happening right now. I'm just saying it's it's just it's just the most American place ever. There's just there's nothing. You know what we gotta play on Monday? Uh, I'm gonna make a note to myself. On Monday we'll play the Heather's clip, whether it's Turbo Dog or whatever the Snacky Shack, Snappy Snack Shack, whatever that place is, which is clearly supposed to. I think they actually say on the commentary it was supposed to be a 7-Eleven. But they couldn't get, like, the, the rights or whatever. Like, they couldn't get clearance from the Southland Corporation, who owned 7-Eleven at the time to do that. 7-Eleven is just the greatest story. It's open 24 hours a day. You can walk in. You can get yourself snack food, something to fix your car. You can play a video game, buy some pornography, get a meat stick, uh, you know, and then buy a, a selection of toiletries and beer while you're there. I mean, all at once, any time. It has I mean, all the things the that makes America great. It is all, and, and it's Anytime. open always. It never closes. It's really frustrating when things, I, you know, in, in Rick Emerson's America, things are open all the time and they never close. There's mm. nothing more frustrating to me than a store and you go there and it's like, I'm sorry, we're only open, especially when this, when the hours are sort of absurdly arbitrary, like you'll get some business that closes like on, you know, Monday through Wednesday, we're open noon to five. Thursdays, we're open 8 a.m. till midnight. Fridays, we're open from 2 p.m. until 6.15 and it makes no sense at all. 7-Elevens, no issue, no question, no quarrel, no quandary. You, you go there, they're open. You can buy anything you need. So they're giving away what today? Slurpees? Slurpees, 7-ounce ones. All you have to do is just show up 7 ounces. Really? Yeah. Like that's going to slake the average American thirst. I don't even know what 7 ounces well, is. Well, you or three of them on, on your way. That's yeah, like one of those little paper cups. <laughs> so it's a sample. They're giving away Slurpee samples. Here's something else for free. A Vancouver family is giving away free gas. The only requirement is bring in old batteries. Uh, let's see. The gas giveaway began on Wednesday and will probably continue for another two weeks. What you do is you bring in batteries from cars and other vehicles. You're invited to bring in batteries and get a free tank of gas at the Walmart gas station at 9000 Northeast Highway 99 in the Cove. Walmart is uh, allowing the Adams family, not the original Adams <laughs> Tish. They use the gas station in parking lot free of charge. No, mamushka. I'm sorry. That's, I'm just going to continue. Every time he's in, I'm just going to shout out Adam's family references. So the Adam's family said the line for gas stretches around Walmart. See? Come on. The average wait time is usually only about three minutes. To fill up a tank. My next well, reference is going to be. The next thing I shout out is going to be from the Adam's family pinball game. So good out to meet the Adam's family. <laughs> At 9,000 Northeast Highway 99 in the Cove. Way to go, Thing. You're really on the ball. So it has to be a battery from a vehicle, like cars. 
Okay. An old battery, <laughs> if you want free gas. Like cars. Like, like cars. The Adams family. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, and so forth. Uh, just this final observation about 7-Eleven. We've got to, you've got to keep your promise. I know. We're going to get to these calls. Uh, today we are uh, vowing to get to every call between 5 and 10 minutes after screening because uh, we've sort of been uh, neglecty uh, this week. Um, so um, as much as, you know, as much as I'm glad that I have a job and all, uh, there was something really strangely um, completing about working at a 7-Eleven all those years ago uh, because I just grew up loving 7-Eleven so much and just spending so much of my life there uh, like some low-grade version of Jay and Silent Bob. So when I finally worked at a 7-Eleven, it did feel like a closing of the circle in a way. Uh, it was was sort that of, one in San Diego? Though? It was. In a, uh, it was not in a particularly good part of San Diego uh, and it was on an overnight shift. Uh, so, you know, so there, but, you know, even that had its charm. Uh, there are, uh, strange as it sounds, I mean, I've, ne- I've never really gone back because it's in a part of, when, when Laura and I go back to San Diego, we stay in a different part than where we used to live. Uh, but, um, but it was, it, it was strangely, it was, str- the thing about working at 7-Eleven, what is the thing that Kevin Spacey says in American Beauty when he says, I'm looking for a job with as little responsibility as possible? Because he gets that job at Wacky Burger or whatever. That's what it was like working at 7-Eleven. I mean, it's like I would show up at midnight, didn't have to come in early, didn't have to prep, didn't have to, didn't have to like, put together sound bites. I'm not complaining about this job. I'm just saying 7-Eleven, you know, you worked midnight. I worked midnight to 7. Mm-hmm. You know what? I showed up at 11.59. I left at 7. 7, I went home, didn't think about it all day, didn't worry about it, didn't, wasn't, didn't have to, to prepare for anything. No consultants to deal with. Didn't have any, you know, whatever. No, no issues at all. And it was brainless work. I mean, the most mindless. I would sit there. A guy would come up and he would bring him, bring me like a Three Musketeers bar and like a Slurpee, and I'd say, "All right, that'll be two dollars and eighty nine cents." And he'd give me the two dollars ninety nine cents, and I'd say, "Have a good day." And then I'd go back to reading Maxim magazine and listening to Art Bell, and that was it. That was, and then they paid me for that. So. I'm not really looking to go back to that job per se, but I will say that it was a strangely peaceful job. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then, and then of course, there was just, you know, there's a certain satisfaction to working at this place that I sort of loved my whole life. Um, let's see. Well, I'll just take these here. Power through them. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, what is your uh, position, if that's what you want to call it? Hold on. Let's back up here. You're saying, what is my position? I, I don't even know how to say Hold on. What? No, 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 no. First of all, let's back up for a second even further. So we were talking about sex in a honey bucket, for the love of God, and Sarah had asked me if, because I said that that was vile, which I think we can all agree is the case, and Sarah said, but what if your only chance to get it on with Scarlett Johansson was to have sex inside a portable toilet like a honey bucket? And I said, I allowed is how I would pursue that opportunity. And now, before you restate your proposition... Since I have already uh, agreed, but you're saying not with Scarlett Johansson. You're saying with some run-of-the-mill chick. What what would be my position to perhaps a um, uh, uh, if if I were to uh, let me ask you this: if if I were to, you're asking my position if I were to um, if I were to uh, drop off an application. Yes. Well, for employment. With, with but you would, you would hand it to the, the you know, sir, well, I think we're going to move on. Rick, you've got to stop hitting the no, 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 button, I dude. Well, you, you, we're going to break now. Yeah. We're going to break now, actually. So that was my thought. Because I think, I think there was something else that slipped out when he was asking the question like the third time. So there you go. 
Take a break. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Tim, that's what I'm all for. Why, hello, it's the Rick, Emerson. <laughs> the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. All right, now we're getting all kinds of questions, like this one. Rick, what the hell is a honey bucket? I'm, remember that call we got that one to, what the hell is OnStar? Uh, Rick, I was out of the room, and I'm confused as to what a honey bucket is. Doing Scarlett Johansson... <laughs> He thinks it's an actual bucket full of honey. <laughs> in a bucket full of honey doesn't sound bad to me. Not in the slightest bit. I'd love to smother her in honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get on the phone. Tim, we'll see if Richie can book her. Um, a honey bucket, sir, is a portable toilet by the side of the road used by construction used by those construction dudes. A lot of Rock they say Andy Gump. What's that? A lot of them say Andy Gump for some reason. What do you mean? I guess that's the brand name. It says Andy Gump. I've never seen an Andy Gump toilet. I don't think <laughs> Maybe I've seen more than Life you. is like a portable toilet. I always see King's Thrones. What? I've never seen yeah, any of these. It's always honey buckets that everywhere I go. On the east side. All right. Uh, they don't smell like honey, though. Um, so a honey bucket is just... Is, is, a honey bucket is a Northwest company. Uh, it is the prominent Northwest brand of those... You know, it's just, it's just the portable toilet. It's, the, it's should... a big rectangular uh, plastic box... That they have at rock festivals or parks or whatever. And, and uh, for, like, the Stars Toilets, the Star Wagon, yeah. they're filming on location, they have the honey buckets there. Yeah, so a honey bucket is just an out, is a portable outdoor toilet. And so the question was, would I, in fact, have relations? And I apologize that we had to bleep that last call so heavily. But um, it was the, the, the question was, would I have relations with Scarlett Johansson in an outdoor toilet if that were my only opportunity? And I said, well, yeah, because what are you going to do? And then a guy said, what if it wasn't the full-on act? And if it wasn't Scarlett Johansson, what if you were just ducking in there with a lady friend for another another brief uh, intimate encounter that did not require uh, undressing? If you wanted to sing a song in privacy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a Rodney Dangerfield joke that's right inside my mouth that I'm going to put back down into my brain. Um, but, uh, and I allowed as how that might, I think it would depend on the woman. Let's move on. Here's Tim Riley. And then I got phone calls to get to. This is the weekend for the annual Seattle to Portland Bicycle Classic. And it is the uh, first year that Ed and Linda Spruill are taking part. Ed and who what? Ed and Linda Spruill. Okay. Ed is riding with a prosthetic leg ever since he was in a motorcycle accident. He and his wife became bicyclists after going through a weight loss program six years ago. Linda admits she's looking forward to riding back from Portland in a car. <laughs> she's looking back to riding in a car? She hasn't even done it yet. She's already looking forward to the ride home. Yeah. I don't think you can start looking forward. To, yeah, I, was just, I was actually just going to say that if it hasn't even been accomplished yet. That seems like putting the uh, cart before the horse. So All they right. ride down, but they get to ride in the car back. Well, that seems, I mean, it seems like they're only doing it halfway. Really, come on. Well, and this prosthetic leg could probably make it only one way. Well, I don't know. It no, prosthetic legs, you'd be amazed at what prosthetic legs can do. Mm-hmm. I got that prosthetic arm up in my office that that guy dropped by. How good is that? It's fantastic. I still want to trick somebody with it, though. The next time I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, I want to be like, hey, Rick Emerson, damn glad to... Ah! And then it just comes off in their hand. 
Uh, and some listener dropped off. Or blue? Some totally. Some uh, we had a listener that dropped off both a prosthetic hand and the full-on prosthetic arm uh, because he was. Not, and have you seen that? What's his name? Oscar. Um, I forget his name, but he's, but he's like an Olympic runner or sprinter or something, and he runs on prosthetic. He runs on like metal legs. It's the most amazing, but they don't look like normal metal legs. They look like um. It, they look like uh, this crunching noise. Like future legs? They're, they're, future it's, legs. It's, they, it looks like the, the legs of tomorrow, today. Of tomorrow. Um, imagine a huge metal capital letter C. Okay. Like if you took a long... Like on a sign that said candy. Exactly. Imagine if you took a long strip of metal and bent it into a capital C. Like he has these prosthetic... Like a forward or backward? Uh, Backward. And that's cool. I think they're I think it's backward. Anyway, and that's what he has at the knees. And so they're like the and so when he runs it compresses down and then springs back up. And so there was this whole debate about whether that gives him an unfair advantage because as the metal springs back up it sort of pushes him forward. And he made the point that he doesn't really have ankles or anything though, and so he loses that advantage because he's not really able to control his leg the way a regular runner would. Um it's fascinating if you see the video of this guy running his name I think his name is Oscar or something. You see him running around with these huge like metal seeds. It's it's just insane to watch. Uh but it's pretty impressive though. And you would think the metal would break and it doesn't. It's just uh you know, whatever. Alright, um here's Tim Riley and then we'll do these calls. Well, let's do the calls for you. We're making them wait when they don't have to. Well okay. Uh yeah, let's see here. Um Really? Is that true? The guy who called and asked if I would be willing to, um, you know, if I would be, uh, if I would be willing to apply for a position uh, with a girl in a honey bucket, that was Kristen Bowie's boyfriend. <laughs> Let's all read something into that call, shall we? God, that guy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick Saren, too. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember the call because it was a while back, like eight, nine months, but um, I, I ride a Harley. And I called you in a uh, day after I had an accident. I actually flew through my windshield over my handlebars about 100 feet and got to walk away from it. Wow. How did that – I mean, A, how did it happen? B, how is it that you managed to not be scraped down like a pencil eraser? Uh, the A was because our I, I live out in the Hillsborough area off of River Road, which is a nice windy road that's great for riding motorcycles, except when uh, the public work, works people push the gravel into the middle of the road. Oh, road, like, oh. That's no good. How I survived it was wearing the proper equipment. I, I literally, um, I basically did the equivalent of high centering the, the, my bike. Right. Because I had a choice of either jumping my bike in the road in front of an oncoming car, which would have been bad for the oncoming car and me, or heading for a culvert. And then right before I got the culvert, I just basically slammed the handlebars as hard left as I could, which basically threw me through like Superman. And then I did, a, you know, basically a stop, drop, and roll. Chuck and roll. Yeah. yeah, and I, I flew like I said after when the paramedics and everybody came. I I, could, I I wound up just getting some road rash on my arm and you know a bruised ankle and pretty much you know the scrapes and scratches and nothing more. And here's I got the to thing: walk away from it. And the thing is, I'm not saying Sarah that you would not wear the proper safety equipment. Clearly, you would. But I think my point is, after a while, that would just become a drag, and you would get sick of doing it. I think it would be I, like 98 degrees outside, and you're like, I don't want to be putting on like a leather bodysuit and a helmet today. It sucks. No, but I think it, I think it wouldn't at all because I think it's kind of like goes with like goes along with it. You think? I mean, don't you think eventually it's like I'll just take the car. It's easier than getting dressed. Yeah, so. and actually, Rick. Though they have like I, like even my Harley gear. You know, they have stuff now that is pure. It's mesh, uh-huh. but it's got body armor. It's on like it, one of those. It, it, it's like one of those suits that the shark people wear. 
Yeah, kind of. And so when you're in the heat, when you're when you're riding the bike or the scooter, I mean the the wind goes straight through it, so it, it actually is better than air conditioning because it's instead of being this artificial cold air, it's natural air, so it actually feels quite refreshing when you're when you're driving. But the, the main reason of the call is to to warn Sarah. The only difference between a high-powered scooter and a motorcycle, I mean, if you could take a scooter on the highway, the only difference is you don't have to shift. So there, it's no more safe or, or, or more dangerous than a motorcycle because of the fact that if you're going 60 miles an hour on the highway on a scooter and you hit a corner and don't, or somebody hits you, you're no more safe than if you're on a motorcycle. So you might as well have the safety of a smaller motorcycle where you at least have the power to escape danger as opposed to being stuck in it. The moral is you're going to die horribly and alone. And so it's just the method of Thanks, that is up Rick. to you. Well, it's, you know, what I do. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Choke to death in and, your apartment. And the other thing to think about is once you get in the country, which is not too far outside of the city, if you're on the road, there, there's no place to go. Either you're on the road or there's a big ditch that falls 5,000 feet, like two <laughs> inches from you. There's no shoulder. <laughs> into an alligator pit filled with lava and glass. So where are these countries <laughs> that have 5,000 foot pits? Well, I mean, if you get outside of Portland, you can get into areas. Uh, oh, like that's where I go out to the river sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, occasionally when, you know, Laura and I will go, uh, like, if we go out to, like, you know, Malala or Silverton or anything, not that you're going to be going to, like, Malala a lot, but, I mean, you get, man, it's like, it's like the it's like the Louisiana Bayou out there. I mean, there's just it, it, you really just expect the whole thing to just be taken back by nature at any point because it's just so overgrown and undeveloped in some areas. It's like, do you remember in Superman one when Lois Lane fell into that ditch during the earthquake and yes. she was about to be crushed by an accordion? <laughs> That's what will happen to you if you ride a motorcycle in the countryside. But Superman's not going to be able to fly and turn the planet back to get you out. Where is your Zod now? <laughs> All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson yeah. show. Hello. You know, you actually totally made my day when you. When uh, Tim started talking about the honey bucket thing, because no, uh, right. it immediately gave me a vision in my in my mind about my wife. Let me explain why. Today is my five year wedding anniversary, uh-huh. but my wife is in Nashville with her boyfriend. So, wait, yeah. wait. what? What? Oh, wait. Are you swingers? Is into swing? No. The only reason why we haven't gotten the is she cheating? Is into cheat? Yeah. This oh, is her tenth time for her. So wait, I. Wow. Why did the honey bucket conversation remind you of this? Because I had a vision in my mind of her spending time with some other dude in a honey bucket, losing her footing and falling in. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wait, so how... Yeah, sir, can you handle this for a second? Hey, can I, sir, can you hold on for just one moment? Yeah, sure. Does anybody have change for a five? <laughs> Tim, look at that laugh. Look at that condescending. No, you must be. You must be foolish. Hey, here's, it's Tuesday. Here's the thing. This the, is the end of the line. Here's the, the vending machine. <laughs> the vending machine won't take any of my fives. You're seriously interrupting your program to ask for change. <laughs> I was going to get a visa. He's having like a full on like, he's talking about his thing and you're like, hmm, I'm sorry, sir, hold that thought. It's like your heart's being ripped out of your chest. Does anyone have $2 for a visa? I was giving him a moment to collect his, to collect his thoughts. I was giving him a moment to, you know, I was going to get myself a vigor, but it keeps kicking back on my fives. That is a problem. That was just mean. I want to have my wits about me so I can engage with the caller fully. I don't want to be fuzzy-headed from lack of caffeine, Sarah. And then you promise that you will give him ample time? Yes, I will absolutely give you ample time, right. sir. I just, I want to, you know what it is? I want to be at the top of my game. He's sharing an emotional story with us, uh, opening up his life and, uh, you know, and they're pouring his heart out here. I don't want to be sitting there going, uh-huh, because, I, because I'm under-caffeinated. What kind I'm of a host? the bottom of my purse for change what for kind of What kind of a host would that make me? What kind, as Peter Cetera said, Sarah, 
What kind of man would I be? That's what I'm saying. I might have a little bit of change over here. I, I know I have nothing. Uh, I have a five, but I think that because it's one of the, 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 right. the newfangled fives, 50. it's not really a... Oh, wait, hold on. I got like I got like 50 cents. Wait. Hold on. You have 50 cents? I have so 50, 50 cents. 60 is more than what you need to buy a visa. Is that true? That's right. just two, right? Yes, it's two dollars. All right, here. How much are you handing me? I'm going to give you... A dollar fifty. Sarah gives Rick a dollar fifty. Rick has fifty cents and then orders Richie to come into the studio to get this to buy him a visa. Richie? All right, he's already on the way. That's good. I like to hear. I like it when there's no response because it means he's already on the way to the studio. That's what I like to hear. That's being a go-getter, Richie. Well done. Hey, here's here's fifty cents for me. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right, and there's a dollar fifty. No, that's fine. We can begin the story. Vigor, please. Thank you. All right. Uh, all right. So let me understand this. So you are married still, technically. Technically, yeah. All right. Uh, how long were you married? You were. You, you've been married for this is a five years anniversary today. Well, we've been um, separated now for about a year. The Fourth of July. Now, what's the holdup? Is it just like a financial thing, not get the divorce, or what's the deal? She wants to get married to her boyfriend. No, but I mean, why oh, are you so not? You're, so you're not letting allowing that to happen. Well, I'm just. Why don't they have any choice? Like she can, it's like a no fault state, right? She can just divorce you if she wants to, right? Well, yeah, she could, but she's too lazy. <laughs> so uh, let's back up even further. So okay. you're married, and then does she come home one day and go, "Look, I'm humping the guy down the street. I'm I'm moving out." And oh, kind of, sort of. Um, we moved to Nashville to start a new life for ourselves, and she did with a different nice guy. Cool visa, oh, thank and you, check this out: she actually invited me to live with them. And so, so I got on my feet. Did, and, but did she want you to live with to them? Nash did you guys already have kind of a rough and tumble relationship? Is that why you moved to another place to yeah. start over again? So you moved to Nashville, and then did she already have a guy waiting there, or did you move to Nashville, and then as soon as you were there, she started scouting around for the new meet? She she had a new guy waiting for, for her, but he ended up getting locked up or some crazy stuff like that, and then she found a different guy. So what were your previous problems before you moved to Nashville to go away from him? Was she cheating here, too? Well, the slut's a slut in any state. <laughs> <laughs> True that, sir. Uh, can't all right. be a whore because she doesn't get paid. Wow. Uh, marriage. Uh, so, all right, so then you moved back here, presumably? Yes, I did. Left her there. Yes. Where she still lives with the same guy or with a different guy? Same guy. Same guy and probably others. See, the, the only cold comfort is that he's going to get the shaft eventually, too. I mean, you know that's the case. Now, yeah, she invited you to live with them until you got back on your feet. Now, was that sort of to live with them like in some sort of polyamorous relationship or just to like, be in the guest room while they're humping it out next door? I think it's the second one. Wow, that's and you said... Oh, that's really classic. Yeah, I was going to say, she's a, that's very big of her. Did you, did you say, you know, I'm... Thanks, but... Get bent and then you move back here. I actually decided to live on the streets of Nashville for a while, as opposed to that. Good for you, a man. A man is nothing without his pride, sir. Yeah. You got uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention is I'm actually the guy that uh, came to the Rick Emerson listener party a week early. Oh, oh, yeah! Oh, I got a MySpace okay. message from you. Yes. Where you showed up like looking around for the party, and it was a week before the fact. Um. All right. So, uh, so now, how long have you been back in Portland now? Um. Let's see. I got back, I actually got, it was a couple of days after the 4th of July. So. All right, so you've been, so you've been back a few weeks, or a week, I guess. Um, oh, it was so, the 4th of July of last year. Oh, okay, so, so you've been back like a year. So are you, are you, the 4th of July was a week from today. So confusing. I don't even understand <laughs> oh, what's going on. weeks and weeks back. I'm waiting for the visa to take effect. So are you uh, currently seeing anybody now, sir? 
no. All right. Well, see, that's the thing that you gotta you gotta go you gotta go find uh, just some other slut, and but don't get attached to this one. Just uh, you know, I mean, as I think Tom well, like a poor it, girl looking for a relationship. Yeah. And then as I think, and leave her. I think like, there's so many whores in Portland. You can find one. That's what I'm saying. I Check think Lycus would agree uh, when I said that really the thing is just to find a series of sluts and just to bang them, sir. And we, that's how you get over your last uh, you know your last serious relationship. Well, the problem with that is the last time I ended up with a with a. I actually did have a rebound girl for, like, a quick amount of time. And one morning I woke up, looked over at her, and was like, why do I like her like a sister? Yeah, but see, but see here, but this is the thing. And then it, it really, and I, you really ought to, uh, you know, call Lycus about this, and he'll give you further details because, you know, I'm really no roadmap to whatever. But I want to say this, the, 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 key, the problem there is that you, you, the use of the phrase, I woke up with her. That's really not what you want to be doing right now. What you want to be doing is, and I think uh, Sarah really hit it on the head when she said Portland is full of sluts. Yeah. So really what you want to do is you want to go out and find uh, some trash girl uh, who's looking for the same thing you are, back to her place, bada-bing, bada-boom, good time by everybody, you go, you go back home. And then just, you know, rip, and then it's like with the, you know, with the shampoo where they say, like, lather, rinse, repeat, you know, apply directly to forehead or whatever. Uh, and then you know, a couple weeks of that, you'll be uh, you know you'll be back on the uh, back on the on the comeback trail, my friend. Or I can just sit around with a bottle of raspberry wine and a can of chocolate ready one. Well, or that. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know how it goes, sir. Okay. You uh, take it easy. Thank you, my friend. All right. Wow. You never know what's going to happen when you pick up that phone. It's a window into life, is what that phone is. Well, we got Do you want to? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'll do these, and then we'll return to the news. We're trying to get to all calls within five to ten minutes of screening. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, you were close. Only about 10 minutes off. All right. <laughs> okay. I got two things for you. One, I was out here on Windsor Island, here in Salem, when the fire started. And it was sweet. Well, if you look over and the cops are all showing up, and you see these Hispanic guys running out of the orchard, jumping in the cars and what's, taking off. What's they fire? don't want to hold get on. green <laughs> Hold on. Let's back up. What fire are we talking about? Tim? The one at the nursery. Oh, I see. And so you're so you're saying you, you went out there and you, uh, in your estimation... There were undocumented workers fleeing the scene. In my estimation, in, yes. In your in your estimation. All right. <laughs> and the second thing is, the crash that happened on Turner Road was Wednesday afternoon, and it was an old guy pulling out of the Elks Lodge over there. So in my estimation, he was probably, you know, a little intoxicated. That would just be your read on it as a citizen. As a citizen, because, you know, I'm on the road, you know, all day long, because, you know, I'm one of those construction workers that, you know, Works in the honey bucket. <laughs> actually, when you say work in a honey bucket, have you ever worked in a honey bucket? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Really? Uh, with whom? Ah, uh, gee, what was her name? I don't even remember her name. <laughs> See, the last hey, guy needs to be... Classy, buddy. The last guy needs to be more like you. Then you'll get over... If you have a girl you in a honey bucket, you shouldn't have to remember her name. That's what I'm saying. And you know that's what? That's the point. And you don't ever want to be waking up next to that girl. That's a girl that... Ah, uh, no. That's... No. no. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bob. Lycus really has... A, he really is onto something, though, when he says that that's... You know, with a girl like that... You're always going to her place. The key is to go to her place so that uh, when everything is done, uh, you may then leave and go home and kind of be on your own. That's because, because I mean, especially like that guy, you, I mean, you can tell that the guy was a little, you know, he's bummed out about the whole turn that his marriage took and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is the guy, he, he even said it, he's totally susceptible to the rebound. And I didn't that's know that you a, noticed how bummed he was. I can't believe you did that Visa thing. I'm a bad idea. in you, Rick Emerson. What do you mean? The, you Actually, I have a an email that sums it up quite nicely. Really, I know your levels of self-absorption, Rick, but honestly, you stopped a guy whose life is imploding because you were thirsty. 
Then you demanded money from other people. Then you forced someone else to get your visa for you. Do you have people fanning you with palm fronds, too? Do you have a button-pushing Sherpa so you don't have to move your arm? A button-pushing Sherpa? I haven't, really, I haven't really thought about it. Well, you are the Oregon Entertainer of the Year. That's really, and if that title doesn't come with some sort of perks there, then I don't know what the point of giving myself saying, that just, title was. some karma rolling for you, because one day you're going to be having an absolute crap day, and you're going to be wanting to talk to someone like, ah, oh, um, My shrink. On. My shrink is going to interrupt me to get a cappuccino. Yep. I wanted to have all of my faculties. Uh, you know how I get when I get low on caffeine. I wanted to make sure that I could give him the attention he deserved. Timing, Rick, though. Timing. Well, what was I going to... There's no way that I don't have a talk back to Richie. It's not like I was able to Couldn't tell him on the download. Couldn't you screen, like, get me a visa and I'll pay you back? No, because that's why he had to get the intercom, because, uh, because Richie doesn't ever see the screen half the time. So I would have done it more casually if I could have. There was just no way to, uh, and I figured That's I didn't. Something you should talk to your shrink about. I didn't want to pretend the sort of my caffeine addiction. No, about the fact that you're so insane that you hurt. Interrupt people for your, yeah, actually your caffeine addiction. I mean, well, that's I mean that's the thing is I just you know otherwise it just would have been hello higher on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 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 Hi, you're on KCMD Portland. My name is Jen. I sent you and Sarah an email last night about the Dark Knight screening that I got a ticket for. Oh, wait. So is this is so there was why so serious? Uh, is it dot net or dot com or whatever? Dot, they, dot com slash kicking and screening. They did. I got, an, I got an email last night from why so serious human resources. And all it said, it listed the website and then had like five lines of ha 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 ha. Went to that, entered my info, got two tickets for the uh, Bridgeport IMAX. So yeah, the, so if you have if one of the folks who've been following the di the viral marketing for the Dark Knight, there was a bunch of uh, emails that went out last night and text messages and whatever, and some uh, of them were inviting people to screenings, uh, yeah. to sort of secret private screenings of the Dark Knight, which is pretty righteous. So you are going to be going to that. I am, and, and I'm going to be at the, the same one. Oh really? Yeah, it's going to be so great because everyone is going to be there. A is you know. Everyone, they have to know about the viral marketing, which means they're insane just like we are. Right, it's going to be a bunch of super Batman, fans. Batman, just super freak fest. It's going to be awesome. Well, and the other thing was, as you went into the last break, I got a phone call from zero, a bunch of zeros. Uh -huh. And it was, it was like, hello, this is Gotham City travel update, or traffic updates. And so they're talking about how their traffic has stopped at the Gotham City Bank. And in the background, you hear people screaming and the Joker shooting people and cackling. And it was so awesome. That How come is, I haven't gotten that? That is so right. you registered, I believe, at Harvey Dent? Um, or I, I live in Harvey Dent? I really probably registered it like most of those sites. I'm a giant nerd. I so did I. Now, I mean, I is, it, is there anything. some way we could play that on the air? Is there somebody, some way that we could access? No, I, I, I don't know. I w you could try and Google it, but it was a phone call and I answered it and... I, I don't know. It's got to be. I, somebody has to have posted that online by yeah, now. When Harvey, yeah, when Harvey oh, Dent's sure. campaign was calling me, they would just, ugh. All right. You are the coolest. So you will be there at that secret screening. I will not. But don't forget that AM 970, we're going to be doing our own uh, screening of the premiere uh, next Thursday night, uh, you know, Friday morning, uh, at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. So, all right. Well, congratulations, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, we should find it. That is that is pretty righteous. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. All righty. Is my product. It's time for some sound here. We have a story about authorities in California arresting one of two teenagers accused of tagging a six-year-old boy. You mean like tag your it? Uh-huh. Well, it's supposed to be playing, but it's not. I don't understand. Well, it's the story. Does it say that it's playing? It, it's supposed to be playing, but it is not moving. Okay, well, we'll get back to that later. Is it your computer or is it the... No, it's my computer. Okay. <laughs> Would you like me to wait? No. We could fill some time. No, I'm going to talk about something else. Show me something I could play. I'm going to talk about the eye apocalypse. The overnight wait for some has 
melted into a routine errand as thousands swing by New York City's Apple Store for a chance to grab the latest cell phone offering. By mid-morning, lines inside the store snake longer than the maze outside, cheering employees, meeting and greeting, even put away their cowbell. And customers who pluck down 200 bucks smile like they won the lottery. Being able to listen to your music and take calls on the same device beats out any other phone. Definitely just for maps for restaurants if you just want a quick to know where a restaurant is or something, it's going to be very useful. It's like having a small laptop in your pocket for $200 makes sense, I guess. Uh, this Apple enthusiast says, uh, he says Apple has whipped up something special this time. Surf the web and have access to thousands of songs on the same device, and, and it's fast. No other device beats that, so. Can I ask you, is this going to feed a short attention span? People already have a short attention span. I don't think the iPhone's going to uh, feed it any more than uh, the regular media feeds it. Quite a stupid question. But this guy said, oh. I was just going to say, by the way, uh, so uh, Thomas Gill, who is sort of our, uh, you know, uh, what, we should give that guy a title. You know what I mean? Because Aaron is the sort of official geek, and then we've got... just TG. Yeah, but I mean, he, but I mean, in terms of, because he answers all of our tech questions. I mean, he is the sort of official tech guy. Of the Rick Emerson show, the official, the tech, the technical guru in some ways, um, but he said that the, it, it, there is now, of course, an application for that AOL stream. So if you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch, um, it, because we stream online, and of course we stream using that AOL player because CBS and AOL are now sort of partnered together and things. So there is now a streaming application um, for that AOL player. So the, 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 the long and the short of it is, if you can, if you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch, you can now listen to our show, the stream, directly onto your iPhone or iPod Touch. Um, which means if you have an iPhone, you can listen to the show coming right out of your iPhone from anywhere you are, anywhere where you get phone service. Wow. Um, so that is through the that is through the AOL stream application. For the iPhone or iPod Touch, you can be listening to us, this show, our archives, or whatever, uh, directly off that thing. And Which means, theoretically, this is what's so cool about that. It means this is why satellite radio is doomed, by the way. Uh, well, it already is. I mean, it already, and people think that it's sour grapes when we say that satellite radio is just is is a, is a, is a, a transitional medium, and it's you know it. We hated it from the very beginning. I'm just going to say I'm proud to say that I predicted from the beginning that it was going to fail. Um, as 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 evidenced by the upcoming XM and Sirius merger, satellite radio just can't make any money, and it's a doomed technology. And here's why: there is, for example, radio. You drive around, turn it on your car, there it is, bada bing. Free. There is this now, also free, except for, you know, just cost you the iPhone and whatever your iPhone service is or whatever. So you could uh, take your iPhone, you could be here in Portland listening to the show on your iPhone. You could drive from here to Portland, Maine, and with that iPhone, never lose the station. You could be listening to this show anywhere you drive in the country, coming right out of your iPhone, in your hand, in your car, in your whatever. Uh, and all it costs you is just, you know, whatever you're normally paying just for your iPhone service. So for people who always want to know why we're dogging on satellite radio, it's not that it's not an interesting idea. It is. It's just an idea that's too expensive to maintain. It's and that is, <laughs> And has been almost... See, see, I get labeled as the bad cop on this show all the time. And really, it's that Sarah's the good cop. I'm the, I, I'm the sort of middling cop. And Tim Riley really is the blunt, plain-spoken one here. Satellite radio is for losers. Um, because for this, you just demand the iPhone the, the size of a pack of cigarettes, man. You could be in our parking lot and drive all the way to Florida and never lose the signal of the radio station. Uh, and all it's going to cost you is what you're already paying for your iPhone. It really is a brave new world. So, so for anybody who wants further evidence uh, of why satellite failure, uh, satellite failure, satellite radio is doomed to be a failure. 
Right there, baby. That's what it is. All right, uh, in just a few moments, Sarah, I believe, ha- do you have the Joker message? Thank you to Dan, I do indeed. All right, so we'll play that here in a few. We'll get some more of these phone calls. This is Tim Riley. All right. Riley. All right. Riley. Uh, so John McCain was caught off guard by a reporter's question on specific, uh, specific drug coverages. The reporter asked McCain about a comment made by one of his advisors that it is unfair for some health insurers to cover Viagra but not birth control. After a long pause, McCain responded, usually duck an issue, but I, I try to get back to you. So then he is, that, is that the extent of it? Well, exactly. He gives it, he gives it another shot. It's uh, something that I had not thought much about, and, and I did hear about uh, her, her response. So now he's reaching out to Hispanic voters, saying the Vietnam Wall in Washington contains many, many Hispanic names. My friends, I want you to, the next time you're down in Washington, D.C., to go to the Vietnam War Memorial and look at the names engraved in black granite. You'll find a whole lot of Hispanic names. And he's been told to use the phrase, my friends, more. What is it? Is that from a commercial? Yes. All right. So... Uh, well, there you go. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Thomas has emailed back, and he says, uh, about a nickname, he says, you could just call me Computer Geek or Tech Man. Thomas the Tech Man. I like Tech Man. Signed, I am listening on my iPhone. Thomas. Oh, uh, that is so cool. Uh, so if you got an iPhone, you can be listening. And, uh, and again, I can't... I don't know a lot of people with iPhones yet. I Well, there's... Richie, S- Richie and Squid mm-hmm. are the only two people I, I, have, I don't think... I to be listening. Can I do... I mean, and then I, keep, I keep saying that. I cannot overstate, though, how cool that is, that if you have the iPhone... You could listen to this station anywhere you go in the country, or theoretically, I guess, in the world where you get your iPhone. Where anywhere your phone gets service, you could listen to this nonstop. And that's, you know. So is it like with an internet? Like if you're signed up for the internet? Yeah, you just what? go right on and you just are stream, are, are playing, you know, the AOL uh, player, which is where we stream through. You know, just comes right up on the iPhone. You can play it right there. And that is what satellite tries to be, but of course, satellite is much more expensive and cumbersome. You need a bunch of special equipment, and the satellites cost ten billion dollars each. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you know you buy yourself an iPhone, you're good to go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Rick, Sarah, Tim. Hello, hi, you. What's up? Hey, um, I called in a while back. Um, I, had, I was the one that brought in the LASIK surgery. CD. Oh, the DVD of your eyes getting lasered. That's pretty righteous. Thank you. Um, I got a, a request of you. If you could do a quick follow along. Hmm. Go to it's real quick. Go to um, 970.am. You might know it. Yes. And then click on events and go to the Pirate Festival. Yes. Look for the youngest kid on the page. Right. Richie. Yes. Keep in mind, I can't really do any of these things because the CBS Internet connection is. Uh, we're basically on like a fourteen-four modem here, so uh, so just I'm, I'm riding I'm riding down the steps. But what will the, what will the bottom line here eventually okay, be? The bottom line would be my four-year-old son, who was three at the time, absolutely adored Richie, and he would like to come over and watch Richie answer phones. I know that sounds boring. To you want to put your? It doesn't really sound boring so much as it sounds a little. You want to put your four-year-old son in the same room as Richie? <laughs> I'll, I'll hire some security. <laughs> so uh, I just won't put a dress on. So your so your so your so your four year old that's, that's big of you, sir. So your four year old son is a fan and he wants to watch Richie screen phones. Yes. All right, hold on. Richie, are you opposed to a four year old watching you screen phones? Sure. All right, so Richie is all for that, sir. Excellent. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. You and Richie can coordinate that. You let us know when you're coming in, my friend. Thank you. All right, thank you. Tell see, tell me, Rick Emerson doesn't care about the people. I'm just picturing that poor man sitting alone. That's five-year anniversary. His wife is bonking some dude. What did he say he was drinking? Raspberry wine? 
And yeah, chocolate whipped cream or something. Yeah, and ready whip. I was gonna offer to find some slut to have sex with him, but that didn't. But we tried to do that with that. That Bobby. never works. That never works. Never. And we tried to get that a date for that body girl when she was on the uh, you know on the show that day, and we couldn't. And, you know, and she was the hot girl. We couldn't do that. So um, you need to update your Rolodex. I said, well, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I think that our show doesn't. I don't think we've ever really successfully made a match for anybody. I think that this show has failed every single time we've tried to set anybody up with anybody else. I don't think we've ever been successful. I inadvertently matched Scott Daly up with Lily, or girl. Do we not say her name? What? We say her name. What? We say her name, right? Who? Scott's lady. Look over there. Oh. I don't know. I think so. Lily. (laughs) Who likes Lily? No, because that was just a random meeting because I went to a movie with... Um, like a, a premiere, I think of like I Am Legend or something with Scott Daly, and then Tuggy and I were going to go out for a drink, and Scott's like, oh, I'll come too, and then... And then Lily was there, and the rest is history. Now, and it, the rest wrote itself. The next thing you know, they were at the St. Paul Road together. Discreet encounters. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that even mean? That has no relation to the rest of the story, but it was fantastic. Well done, Tim Riley. You're welcome. I love today. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A uh, Florida policeman is accused of spanking Where? A woman. Where? Yeah. Your face. <laughs> Shut up. Go ahead. Sorry, Tim. A Central Florida police sergeant <laughs> is free on bail after being charged with spanking a woman against her will. Sergeant Tom was released from the Orange County Jail. His alleged victim told investigators it happened during a party. The woman said uh, she and the officer were walking around an apartment complex pond when he asked her for oral sex. Uh, Helped her disrobe. uh, Helped her disrobe. uh, Touched her in in unmentionable places. Uh, And uh, spanked her on the bare backside with his hand and then a leather belt. Uh, The sheriff's department said the officer admitted he spanked the woman but said she asked for it. Uh, and now her lawyer... Martin, Wait, she asked for it like she said, I, I'd really like it to be spanked, or she asked for it like she was acting haughty and leading him on. It doesn't really specify, but her lawyer says he brutalized her. Uh, more stories in Florida. I'm not even... Fine. Uh, Whatever. Florida woman... I didn't up, even try that time. Uh, a Tampa woman bit off another woman's fingertip during an argument in the meat market. Uh. The two women were waiting to be served meat, but they began arguing <laughs> who was next to be served. Customers take a number, of course, when they enter the meat section, as you carnivores know. But another customer who left before ordering was given uh, Pamela Bumper's number. Uh, Jacqueline Wimbrush objected, and the two began to argue. The argument became physical, and Miss Bumper's bit off the tip of Miss Wimbush's ring finger. Miss Wimbush is being treated at a hospital. Miss Bumper's is charged with felony battery. I'm even... Bumpers Bumpers and Wimbush... (laughs) <laughs> um, they, uh, those are the new hosts of Nashville now. The, biting off a fingertip is sort of intriguing, though, because you got to figure you can only go about, well, you can like like a quarter of an inch, and then you hit bone, right? I've never bitten off anybody's finger, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm saying that'd be pretty, it's either impressive or not impressive, because either they had to do, either she bit off a lot, which means you had to go through the, the finger bone, or else it really is just the very, very tip, which isn't all that impressive. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, so, you know, the, the that's going to come in and see uh, Richie? Yes. Um, I'm the guy that brought those prison greeting cards, by the way. Yes, sir. Huh? Yep. Hello, hello. Uh, anyway, uh, so standing in there waiting for you guys to have me come in, you know, Richie's asking me, hey, what do you do? And I say, I manage a veterinary clinic. 
He's like, that's cool. I got a cat, and it keeps having lots of kittens. And I say, you should get that fixed. He's like, no, 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 because I have the kittens. And then I can usually probably get laid out of it a couple times, you know, giving the kids the way to, to chicks. <laughs> he bribes the worst. <laughs> Just stop doing that, Richie. I don't want the, like, the Humane Society or anyone. He bri- he's breeding kittens to get laid. <laughs> That's pretty much what I got out of it. I'll give you a kitten if you put out. Like, so wait, now we're going to have a four-year-old? It's, wow. Yeah. So. That's like the reverse of telling, look, look, I have a puppy at my house. Do you want to come see it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just thought I'd, you know, kind of offer that cautionary warning there. This, this is what I'm told to, you know, while I'm standing there waiting to come in to see you guys. But he's bribing women with kittens to have you know, sex look, with We him. should have a show uh, thing where we go to the humane, or where we um, get... Richie's cat neutered or spayed. Tell you what, you can come into my clinic and we'll do it, you know, for some type of Richie's, promotion or let whatever. Me, let me ask you this, Sarah uh, and Tim. How, how many times, okay, r- fill in the blank in this sentence. Richie just put this on the screen. My cat is pregnant again for the blanked time. Seventh. Tim? Eighth. Twelfth. Twelfth. Oh. Nine. So, you know, it's the twelfth. For the twelfth time. So... All right. Well, uh, all right. Well, we'll uh, look, I mean, if a four-year-old wants to spend time with Richie under adult supervision, who am I to say no? But, I mean, you know. We should what? do something about that cat. I Really, I'm, ag- Honestly, I'm in agreement I, I, with you I there. I strongly feel that same way. Yeah. I'm, uh, there are enough cats in this world. As Bob Barker would say, remember to get your pet spayed or neutered. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Right, later. There you go. I just love the idea of Richie sitting there like, like Blofeld, just stroking the cat, just going, so, do you want to have sex with me? No. I've got a kitten, and then just, you know, but holding it just out of reach. I've got a kitten, but you have to take off my pants, and then I'll let you touch it. The kitten. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Thank you for getting my call in five to ten minutes. It's what I do, sir. Sweet. Hey, I'm calling to save Sarah's life. Is this about the motorcycle? Yeah, it is. Well, have, have at it, sir. You're on the phone now. Okay. Um, my dad was an orthodist before he retired for about 40 years, right? What is that? Um, well, essentially what he does is he goes, he, his particular end of it is he would go into operating rooms and put on braces and artificial limbs on a people that were like freshly, you know, had arms or legs. Severed. Freshly maimed. Yeah, freshly maimed. Thank you. Um, and what would end up happening is, is that he uh, just kind of sat down one time, like when we were just preteens, you know, and laid it out for us that one in ten of his um, the patients was a motorcycle victim. And uh, the ones that the ones that he he was more uh, regaling us with at dinner time were the ones that didn't he didn't get to see, the ones that didn't make it into the operating room. Well, okay. So, Sarah, how are you feeling about that over there? Can I just tell you this, by the way, that parents who work in the medical field, as my mother did, they love nothing more than sharing horrible stories with you. My dad scared the crap out of me when I was Oh, that's right. Your dad's a doctor. Uh-huh. Yeah. At dinner time. Yeah. Oh, at dinner, dinner time. Totally. My mom, and, you know, my mom wanted me to say no to drugs, and so my mom would tell me all of these horrific stories. The one that I will never forget, my mom told me the story about some kid that came into the ER one night because somebody had told him that peanut butter would make him high, and so he just injected his veins with peanut oh, butter. God. That's what I'm saying. Try to get that out. Okay, but imagine being told that when you're like nine at the dinner table. Did I ever tell you about the boy who injected his veins full of peanut butter? And I'm like, wow! And I mean, even then it warped me. And I've just, I've never forgot that. And um, Jesus, what was the other story? There was a, She told me some other story, which may have been apocryphal now that I think about it, about a guy who dropped acid and then uh, castrated himself with a big piece of glass. And I just like, you know, well, why would you tell me that? The answer is because she didn't want me to do drugs. But parents love Parents in the medical profession love to tell you horrible things always while you're trying to eat some Salisbury steak. 
So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, thank you for well, thank you for calling, sir. Thanks, thanks for continuing that horrifying tradition, sir. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you. All right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, the one and only Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, Steve. Hey, how are you? I am dandy, brother. Uh, how's life? How are things? Are you Are you at the Apple Store today? No, I was by there earlier in the morning. Not right now. I was. Uh, I, I went by there earlier. Just to take a look at those people who just for some reason can't wait until next week. They have to have it now. Well, there's nothing wrong with being an early adopter. I will I will tell you that. I myself, when it comes to technology, uh, I always like to get the first iteration of everything. I like to get the newest version of everything. I don't think I've ever stood in line, except for Harry Potter books, I don't believe, uh, and and records of my youth, I don't think since, you know, since I became an adult, I don't think I've ever stood in line, though, for a consumer good, uh, ever. I don't think I've ever done that, not for the TiVo, not for my MP3 player, uh, not for my BlackBerry, not for anything. The Apple, the iPhone really does seem to have a lock on that sort of American mindset. That does, and you know what what other story I've covered before? Uh, All the gamers waiting online for, like, the latest Sony or whatever game, you know. That's uh, true. Yeah, the Xbox. Yep. So anyway, so in this, and, and I guess is there? Here's a dumb question: Is there much difference between the iPhone thing that's coming out today and the one that's already been out? I mean, what is the what what is the upgrade? Well, well, here's the main selling point: is the much faster connection to the internet. It's using the, this 3G network, third generation is what it stands for, through AT and T, and basically, you know, your web page, if you're in a 3G network at the time, will download in like two to three seconds a typical web page like it does online now, you know, uh, as opposed to maybe like 10 or 15 seconds if, you, if you're using the old iPhone service. But here's, here's the catch. You have to be in a city where a 3G network is already uh, in place. So they've got that in the bigger cities, but if you're, you know, in, in, on a farm in Kansas, that's not going to do you any good. Well, let me and here's the, you know, let me ask you this: you you work at the, you know, the CNN headquarters there in New York. Do you have a fast internet connection at work? Yes. See, sure. that's and I, you know, we love working for CBS. It's a fine company, but the audience has now heard us complain about this probably every day for the past two and a half years now. We have. I mean, really, especially in terms of you know the proportion of the size of the company, we have the slowest internet connection here that I have ever encountered in my life. Can I tell you that I, I can actually load up a page here on my uh, my desktop computer at CBS, and I can go online on my BlackBerry, and my BlackBerry will load like I would say probably ten times faster uh, okay. than the page will load here at CBS. So it does. I mean, it really is amazing how quickly and how efficiently a lot of handheld devices can serve the internet now that's really bad i mean somebody somebody's going to do something about that well so you you would so you would think Uh, if only there was some way i could bring it to the attention of everybody i mean to be fair it's i don't think it's the fault of the it department here i think that it's just we have so many people and of course it's radio so everybody's streaming something downloading something uploading something watching a video uploading a video editing a video it's just uh, you do it does sort of make you wonder though if at some point in the future is there going to be some sort of bandwidth crisis in America? You know what I mean? Because it's like there's there's only so much bandwidth, and you know every day we're just using more of it. I was just going to say you need more bandwidth, don't you? I, I, I would. I, I think so. I just yeah. I don't really. Um, when, when when you have Lisa on next time, ask her uh, about uh, the internet connection uh, for the press on Capitol Hill and how uh, how on occasion when she's uploading an audio file, you know, for her CNN affiliate. Right. 
it basically knocks out everybody else's internet connection there. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I've I've learned that if I ever want to download anything or upload anything, I basically got to come in either at 6 a.m. or at midnight when nobody else is around. So it's always it's always reassuring when on Capitol Hill, our nation's government, you know, the one of the three executive uh, the, the three branches of our of our federal government, and their internet connection is about the equivalent of, of a dial-up. Yeah. You know? No. It's, yeah. It, it, and that's the other thing is that you, you I remember in sort of in the, in the early days of my internet usage, like ninety five, ninety six. First of all, you know a sound you don't hear anymore is that modem dialing up sound. That's yeah. a sound that you don't hear. It's like a rotary telephone or something, or a push tone phone. In fact, now that I think about it, does it, do cell phones even make that push tone sound when you dial? Well, they make a they they make whatever sound you assign to the keys, yeah. But I mean, but I mean, like look, like if you pick up a regular push button phone and you dial each of the each of the buttons makes a makes its own tone. I can't remember if my cell phone does that or not. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm always intrigued by sort of noises that are slowly being relegated to the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so and I think the the, the modem dial-up sound is one of those things. Probably in five years, you won't hear that anywhere. And you wonder how long people will even be able to recognize that noise as it becomes more and more in our technological rearview mirror. Oh, yeah. My my, uh, my younger cousins have no idea what that rotary dial phone sound uh, is. Yeah. So anyway, so so wait, so there's, there, of course... Everybody was waiting for for the rub with these new iPhones, right? And I'm, and I'm sure you were too, because there's always something come Monday that they're going to complain about. So this thing is supposed to be, you know, the next generation and and faster, and have all these new applications. Well, folks lined up at AT&T stores, not at the Apple stores, but at the AT&T phone stores, went and nope, took the phone out of the box, and a whole lot of them weren't able to activate it. No, there's a global problem today with iTunes software. So if you were waiting for it online at uh, an AT&T store, thinking the line would be shorter, you still have to take the phone home and then plug it into your computer to complete the final step in order to activate the phone today. Well, it's, there was some great story that came out uh, the last time this happened where a couple different people had gone to, like, some, I forget who it was, some prominent electronic store chain, and they'd purchased iPhones that they got at home in the box was just full of rocks, like actual <laughs> rocks. Like they opened it, but it was just full of stones. That's great. Oh, all right, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay, have a good time. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Well, speaking of those Apple phones, this comes to us from CNET, a proud member of the CBS family. CNET reports, those with first-generation phones updating uh, software are having issues with brick phones, rendering them useless. Customers attempting to call Apple for answers are getting a machine. Due to extraordinary demand, customers who purchased iPhone 3G today may experience a delay when they tether and sync their device. Please be aware customers may need to tether and sync their device later in the day. AT&T and Apple are working to improve this situation. See, this, working to improve the situation. This goes back, and that's such an Apple message too. Oh, totally. Working to improve and extraordinary demand. She has such a common voice. Well, because you know that's the it's, you know it's like how when you go into the, all all the Apple stores are just filled with blonde wood. Uh, they've, they've just you know they've all kind of focused grouped it to death there at Apple to figure out what's the most aesthetically pleasing. And I hate to, to, to beat this drum again, but this goes back to what Sarah and I were saying about Bluetooth. Technology just has not developed to the point where you can just take something out of the box and have it work. That's the really frustrating thing. You know, shouldn't you be able to just buy the phone and the guy says, "What's your phone number?" and you say, "Blah blah 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 blah," and they switch your phone number over. Bam, good to go. It seems That's like what I did with this phone. That see, but it doesn't seem like everything ought to work that way. Yeah. You know what works that way is my GPS. My wife bought me that GPS for Christmas, uh, the TomTom, -tom, 
came in a little box. I no, you know, here's what's really gratifying. You know what I love? I love when you now buy a technological device and it does not come with a CD-ROM. Because when you buy something that's electronic and you open it and there's a disc inside, you're like, oh god. Because that's what you immediately think is like, Jesus, I'm gonna have to go sit in front of my computer and install some crap. The thing about that G, the TomTom, you open the box and it comes out and it just you, you literally you just press the on button and it works. It just freaking works. You don't have to install any. It's got a map for like the entire country in it, already preloaded and it's already charged. You take it out of the box, you take off the little plastic screen protector, you press the on button, and it just works instantly. I mean, from opening the box to being in the car driving around the neighborhood testing it was literally like four minutes. Uh, it, it, just, it was so unbelievably easy. And just everything ought to work that way, but sadly does not. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, this is kind of interesting. From Columbia, South Carolina comes word. South Carolina State Tourism Agency has dropped out of an effort to attract gay tourists. The South Carolina. <laughs> Why were they ever engaged? Were they, they under were, the assumption that would work at some point? They were running ads that said, Yeehaw! South Carolina is so gay. <laughs> well, that is true, Tim. They, they, they read the, the newspapers in Atlanta, Boston, and New Orleans. Uh, let's see. It cost $5,000 to put these ads in. Apparently, it, it, it didn't work very well. Nobody was convinced that. I'm so convinced. Who's, who's in charge of marketing? <laughs> I, you almost have to admire that, though. But um, now I'm confused. Uh, does that does that mean that, I mean, is is South Carolina, in fact, so gay, but they just can't get the word out? Or is that actually uh, is that actually just a, a false claim? Yeah, apparently, it's a false claim that nobody believes. <laughs> so it really just isn't so gay. Uh Greenville Senator David Thomas has called for an audit to find out how they got the money. <laughs> what happens in these Yankee newspapers? I mean, the state is so gay. I want to know, A, who approved that, and I want to call him and thank him. I want to call the guy that put that ad campaign together and say, God bless you, sir. Also, I demand to see a copy of that I'm ad. I'm looking at it. I'm looking for it right now. Where was that running, Tim? Do we know where they advertised it? So it was, uh, let's see, in newspapers in uh, Boston. Atlanta and I'm, New Orleans. I'm Googling that phrase right now. South Carolina is so gay. South Carolina. You, you can bet they made that disappear really quick. That sounds, but doesn't that sound like the beginning to like a. It's the, from the AP. It's like the beginning of a joke? It sounds like the beginning of a joke, like a yo mama joke. Uh-huh. It sounds, South Carolina is so gay. I see, I don't even know how to finish that. Um, let's see here. South Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina. It's, but there's like, can I tell you? There are hundreds of results already for South Carolina is so gay. Um, wait, hold on, let me look here. Mm, okay, there might be one here. Uh, okay, I think I found it. Wait. Oh, no, sadly, sadly, no, I can't seem to, uh, can't seem to have located it. All right, well, we'll, we'll look for it. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We'll do a, a couple of calls here. Uh, we'll, uh, play that joke. Did you find that Joker message? Yeah, yeah, Dan sent it to me. Excellent. So we will play that joke, the latest message from the Joker, and we'll come back more from Tim Riley. We'll do the top five songs under two minutes in length. Aaron Duran will be here later on. We'll talk to Richie Bristol's mother. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tim. What's up? Hi. Hello. Uh, I personally think that uh, all these new iPod or uh, Apple devices are going to be uh, the fall of man. I think the new the iPhone is like a... Uh, Skynet? Uh, yes. A modern form of Skynet. It, no, it, it, and pretty soon, I mean, it, it really will be almost sort of a, a maximum overdrive thing where every single person on Earth, man, woman, and child, has an electronic device linking them to the global network. It's going to be some kind of a chip inset when everybody's born. Yeah, everybody's going to have barcodes and chips in their head. And it's that'll some, be much better. 
if they update by themselves. You know, I was wishing for a barcode this morning, actually, because uh, there it was. Um, it, you know, there was, we were talking about that. There was that coffee truck out front, no. and so we were getting uh, we were getting coffee this morning, and they were doing that thing of like, would you like a punch card? You know, for every ten punches, you get a free coffee. And I was noting how I've stopped even just taking punch cards from places because I always lose them every time I get my hair cut. The woman's like, all right, uh, would you like a bishop's punch card? And I and I always and I used to say yes, and now I just say no because I'm going to lose it. Whoever you know, when I die, whoever cleans out my stuff is going to get like a million free cups of coffee and forty haircuts because they're going to find out. I think if I just had a barcode in my hand where they could just record that information, I would be obliged to do it. But so no, you're right. All the, at some point, somebody's going to flip a switch at 12:01, and all those machines are going to turn against us, sir. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. All right. Well, they're going to be hunting for Sarah Connor. All right. Thank you, my friend. My, Mac, my MacBook totally creeps me out because it has that... Um, it's thinking. Yeah, because it has that little eye thing at the top of it when you open it, and it has the capability of doing live video all the time. So I, I always... Always I have watching a, you? I have a Band-Aid on it, and I have it covered really? all the time. What? Yeah. No, because I'm like, who the hell knows? Because if, if it has the possibility to connect with anyone else who has an Apple... Anything you know on the internet? You know you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be next to your bed. Seriously, I mean, how do I you know that somebody's not just there. watching me like type away on the internet? I don't, I don't know that. That is interesting. I, I put it away every night that. too. It, my MacBook scares me. It does. Is it like that clown and Poltergeist where you got to cover it with a coat before you I go have to, to bed cover at night? It, it has like this weird glowing light. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it has this light that's constantly a slowly flashing light, and it also has a little black circle next to the light next to it, which I like would assume it, it could watch me there too. Jesus. It goes in its bag every night. It does what it's told. <laughs> I love it. it puts the lotion on its skin. I love the idea that it that you put it in its bag at night so it can't get into mischief while you sleep. That's fascinating. Oh, and I never take the band unless like I'm taking pictures. I don't really use like the photo feature of it, but I mean, I I always keep the little eye at the top covered with a the band-aid. webcam. Well, and is that like a built-in webcam? It's a built-in. Yeah, it's a built-in camera. Which you know. Wow. And, and you can live video stream, which means like I can talk to my sister across the country. Do you do that? Um, we weren't able to figure out how to do it. I guess I need to watch the Because I always just assume that, that all that stuff is basically just there for cyber sex. I just figured that any technological advance like that is just made for people to want to get it on online. I remember when I was over at um, – when Storm was at Rockstar Supernova and I went over to Davey's house. And oh, and we they were, were – We were talking to her um, via – the Mac thing. You knew that turned explicit as soon as you left. Oh, totally. She probably the door wasn't even shut behind you when like Davey had his pants off. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, What's Sarah. up? Hi. Um, I was listening earlier when that guy was regaling you with the horror stories of motorcycle riding. Yes, sir. And I was reading an article on lucid decapitation at that moment about whether the human head can perceive things after it's been cut off for a few moments. And they rega- they told things about. Uh, people have been in the guillotine and held their head up and it looked around. Wait, who was telling you these? I, I was reading an article at uh, Damn Interesting. Yes, and it was about whether or not you retain consciousness once your head has been severed. Right, and they did, talked about like one guy who had his head cut off in the guillotine and they called his name and his eyes looked over at the person who was calling his name. Well, see, that seems like it would be the case, right? Because your brain, sure. all your brain needs to function is oxygen and there's enough... And that gets to your brain via blood, hemoglobin in your blood. So it seems like your brain, just like you can hold your breath, sort of, it seems like your brain would operate until the oxygen 
currently at that point in your brain was used up, right. which seems like it would take a few seconds. Knocked out by the blunt force of the blade. Or well, like... I suppose it would all depend on the sharpness of the blade, though. But I thought, well, in Sarah's case, all you need then it's radio. All you need is a head, right? Yeah, I mean, and a button pushing Sherpa. Yeah, and a button pushing Sherpa, and my <laughs> viso, and a person to bring it to me. Uh, I wouldn't be able to and speak money. though because I'd have no lungs. So, but I'd be able to blink. I could do the show like you know Captain Pike style, and just blink, and then like a button would beep or something. So. All right. Good good talk, sir. Bye, Rick. Thank right you. By the way, we found the uh, South Carolina So Gay I found ad. It too. Um, let's see. Uh, what does it say? South, it says, and it's in this pleasing purple color. It says, South Carolina is so gay. She's <laughs> just retarded. <laughs> South Carolina is so gay. Explore an America most never see. From plantations to the Civil War, Gulf to gay beaches. Boy, figure out which one of these things doesn't belong here. <laughs> what are these things From plantations to the Civil War to Gulf to gay beaches. <laughs> Hilton Head, Charleston, Myrtle Beach. There's nowhere quite like uh, South Carolina. And this is from AmroWorldwide.com. Who would be doing the Charleston on the gay beach? I don't know. Hilton Head. Hilton Head. Uh, and this is an ad by AMRO. I guess this is a partnership between the, the between the state of South Carolina and AMRO Worldwide Gay Travel Tried and Trusted, which I guess is a gay travel agency. South Carolina is so gay. Plantations, the Civil War, Gulf, and gay beaches. That is wonderful. All right. And you know that that, um, I ain't saying nothing about nothing, but you know that Hilton Head is in there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick, we all just heard you mention South Carolina being so gay. While working on a... Oh, this is from... Um, while working... So this is from somebody who was working on a film crew in South Carolina when this ad campaign was happening. He said, Rick, we all just heard you mention South Carolina being so gay, which it is. While working on a feature film in South Carolina, these ads were being run constantly. Then they were suddenly withdrawn from the air. Here's a copy of the ad best show ever uh, from uh, a guy who maybe we, we won't name his company. But all right. That's fantastic. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, Sarah, do you have the Joker phone message? I do indeed. All right. Uh, so let's. So what is the background? It's a little, I think, okay, so, you know, there's been a campaign. Like, you could have registered it at IBelieveInHarveyDent.com or yes. WhySoSerious.com. And they've been doing this viral bar marketing campaign where the Joker's been kind of sabotaging Harvey Dent's campaign and whatnot. So this phone message is one leading up because we all know there's a bank heist, obviously, yeah, in The Dark Knight. So this message is someone calling, and they're a hostage trapped in a bank that's currently being robbed right now. And so they're calling from the bank, and then the Joker somehow or somebody gets a hold of the phone. You hear a lot of static and screaming, and then you hear, like, maniacal laughter, supposedly. And so the really fascinating thing here before we play this is, uh, I don't have the, um, uh, Jesus, I'm trying to see here. I don't, I don't have the... Um, it sounds kind of messed up. It sounds really real. I don't have this email. Oh, here we go. Uh, so Dan makes this great observation where he says... And this is about this call. He says, it starts as a Gotham News story broadcast saying that the bank is being robbed, interrupted by static. He says, if this is happening now, then the events appear to be unfolding in real time leading up to the movie's release next Friday. Uh, so, and he just signs it. I can't wait! I can't even, I can't even allow myself to think about seeing, like, uh, think about it. It's going to be pretty righteous. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the latest Joker phone message. And then we'll be back after this with more from Tim Riley and the Top 5. Stay there.
exactly. Why? Hello. Uh, we ought to play that snorting thing again today. Also, I have the itch thing that I promised to play and that I never did. Maybe I'll play that into the next break. What say you? Yes. Okay. I like it. It's 503. You're just waiting on your lunch. It's 5037. Uh, I can tell you're, you're, not, you're just busy thinking. Is that chicken? No, it's uh, turkey and mashed potatoes and vegetables. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those lean cuisine ones, so it's like, like 200 calories. Uh, it's uh, really good. It uh, takes three of them to fill you up. Yeah, I know. It only takes two boxes of Kraft macaroni to fill me up. That's good. Uh, let's see here. Oh, you know, and my wife has gone, is gone uh, not the Again? whole weekend. Well, she's gone. Last week she was out, like, camping with some friends. But this weekend is that country fair thing uh, that she's going to, the hippie fair. Uh, at which, by the way, at which, um, oh, never mind. I want to hear about the hippies. No, it's just I wrote this thing down, and it's like. Is it going to be angry Rick or funny Rick? Because I want funny Rick right now. I'm not even. I'm always funny Rick, baby. Because you're like. Baby Rick, always funny. Uh, it's just. It, it's, I'm going to read a thing, and it's like I don't even have the energy to talk about it. Like, there's just, I thought you just had a Viso. There's just so – no, no, no. The Viso with, uh, you know, in sixth-grade flavors with all of its vitamins, minerals, and calcium, and in terms, you know, more of everything good made in small batches right here in Portland, Oregon. And you can find out more about that, of course, at drinkviso.com, drinkviso.com. While you're there, maybe you're ready to take a tour of the factory or, in fact, just, uh, you know, pick yourself up some Viso swag. You can also have it sent anywhere inside the continental United States. Just about two bucks a bottle to get at FedEx somewhere that's about the same as it would cost to get it out of a vending machine. You can get yourself a Viso shirt as well for just 20 caps, friends and neighbors. Viso right here in Portland. It's a great beverage. Try it. D-R-I-N-K-V-I-S-O.com. Drink Viso. It's more of everything good. And so while it's given me some energy, I just feel like looking at this, it just has filled me with such instant fatigue. Um, I should note, by the way, that my wife is not doing what I'm about to talk about. She, This is not her but is it her friend that you don't like? It's not her friend. I didn't say I didn't oh, like no, her. That you love. I did. You. I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> I get along really well with all of Lara's friends. Peas in the pod. There was nothing I like more than spending time with Lara's friends. They're all. Uh, they're all perfectly pleasant. Anywho. Um, <sighs> So at the hippie at this this uh, country fair thing that's happening this weekend or whatever it's called the hippie festival in Eugene, mm-hmm. this is not Lara to be fair, but she did tell me about it because she knows this is the sort of thing that I find amusing. Uh, a grown man that she knows, and when I say grown man, I don't mean like he's twenty. I mean like he's older than I am. He's like in his late thirties. A grown man, as part of this country fair, is going to be attending. And teaching at witch camp. Witch camp. What the hell is that? Not <laughs> witch camp. Witch camp. No, witch camp. Witch camp. <laughs> <laughs> Miss me. Uh, but I mean, he said, "Well, you know, she's." And I shouldn't use his name because that will. If I use his name, it's it's the husband of one of Lara's friends. And so if I use his name, it identifies her passively, and I promise not to talk about any of her friends by name, even though they're all wonderful people uh, who get along with me splendidly. They could not have a higher opinion of you, Rick Emerson. No friction at all between my wife, uh, between my best friends and myself. Anyway, um, what are the prerequisites? I don't know, but who knows? Who cares? I mean, a grown man going to a thing called witch camp. And I said, well, is that like a goof? 
Like, is it sort of a gag? Nothing, like, you know what? Unfortunately, nothing at the Oregon Fair is a, is a goof. No. As they all and, mean it. And I said, what is he going to be doing at Witch Camp? And that's Witch, W-I-T-C-H. Like, you know. <laughs> and I said, what is he doing at Witch Camp? She goes, well, he's actually teaching. And at that point, I was just like, you know, F this. What I don't did Laura think of it? She knows it's ridiculous. And okay. that's to her, to her credit, she knows it's ridiculous, and that's why she told it to me. Because she knows, look, look Laura and I have been together for a long time. She knows. It used to be a spiral notebook. Now it's the Blackberry. She knows the move, and the move is my hand goes to the right pocket where my Blackberry is kept because she'll start saying, well, you know, Jake is going to be going to witch camp, and uh, he'll be. And, I just, and at that point, it's like my hand goes in, and I take out the phone, and I just start making notes to myself, and she knows exactly what that's about. So... At 9.49, she told me this, that he will be teaching at witch camp. He's a grown man. He has children who are undoubtedly embarrassed by him. Witch camp. Witch camp. We go to angel camp after that, too. You go to nymph school. That seems like one of those places. Fairy college. That you think in your mind that it might be humorous to go and see it, and then you realize once you drive out there that it would be But then you know it's just going to be a bunch of insufferable, self-important tools. Uh, I mean, that's really what it's going to be. So, Jesus. Anyway, so my point is... I don't know how I got off into this, uh, but she's going to be gone this weekend uh, to, the, to the, the country fair thing. I don't, why were we even talking about that? Something this weekend. You're speaking of your, your admiration of your wife's friends in general. That's yeah. what I have for them, Tim. And you were citing one specific example of what makes them so special. Yeah, they are special. <laughs> Her friends are special. They always watch out for insects that might get them. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, and we'll get more calls. Here. And now, now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, New York City plans to turn a swamp of Broadway in Midtown Manhattan into a public esplanade. They're kicking out a whole bunch of cars. Uh, let's see, this takes place from, uh, I guess anyone who goes to New York would know, it runs from 42nd Avenue, eight blocks south, to the busy shopping district of Herald Square. That includes Macy. It's going to be flanked by a pedestrian walkway with cafe tables. Wait, so they're, well, they're just making it a no-car zone? No-cars. Well, that makes sense. Them. I mean, I'm not like I know New York backward and forward or anything, but I know... There'll filled with flowers that everybody's going to steal. Well, because you can't drive that area of, of, of New York anyway. It's just, it's just too congested. I mean, that's the thing we always talk about. Like, if you're in an ambulance there, you're just effed. Uh, so, you know, well, what are you going to do? That whole place is turning into one big open shopping mall anyway, so that's fine. Uh, divorcee has been found guilty of plotting to murder her multimillionaire partner after she hired an assassin on a website called hitman.us.com. Don't bother to go there. I already looked. It's been taken down. I went there this morning. As soon as I read the term, I'm like, I'm going there. Uh, you know, just for educational purposes. It was already gone. Hitman.com? So, yeah, yeah like, seriously, uh, hitman.com. Let's just look up drugs.com. I mean... This, but aren't you fascinated by that website, though? Yeah, that's that's amazing. Wait, hold on. You know what? You know, hold on. Hold on. Here's, no, 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 no. Here's here's what we can do. Do you know the Internet Wayback Machine? It sounds like a World of Tomorrow kind of thing. But have you ever gone I there? I know the Mac mm-hmm. has it. Uh, it's archive.org. Let's all go there now. Archive.org. It is the Internet Wayback Machine, and where they, uh, you know, you can look at like an old version of a website. So let's see here. Hit. What is it? What is the website? Hitman.us.com. God, mine isn't loading. It's just being slow, I think. So here we go. One of these three computers will work. Mm-hmm. Who will get it first? Mm-hmm. Oh, Rick, well, I can't even get... It's a slow alone. website. It's a slow website under the best of circumstances, by the way. Well, they've got to upload all the pictures. I'm really glad you told everyone. <laughs> maybe, there, maybe there's some uh, 
videos that have to be loaded. But I mean, who owns? Who was running it? And was it like a was it like a, a joke? Was it a like a, for a video game or something? And oh, she went there thing. sending an email to it like, "Hey, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to kill my husband." Uh, allegedly, uh, or you know, or was it just some guy who thought that that was how he was? Eh, it's never, it's not going to work. I have to close it. Uh, but it was it some guy who thought that that's how he was going to make money? Well, apparently she has a conspiracy with a guy from the site, an Egyptian <laughs> poker player named Tony Luciano. That sounds very Egyptian. An Egyptian poker player named Tony Luciano to murder P.J. Howard, a property tycoon worth twenty million dollars. Whatever happened to just dumping your husband and taking half his stuff? Why always the killing? Well, they found out the Egyptian's real name wasn't Tony. It was actually Esam Ed. <laughs> okay. And it didn't work out. Well, all right, then. Up to other news. Uh-huh. Uh, Screen Actors Guild has rejected the last, best, and final offer for the big Hollywood studios. Ag President Aaron Greenberg said the, what the studios offer them is not enough, and they're not going to accept it. They made them an offer they could refuse. They could refuse. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the deal that's on the table now is something that we can recommend to our members. I don't think they would pass Remember. this deal. After barely passed it, and they had all their non-acting members voting on that contract. I think when it comes down to only actors voting, and they see what's in this deal, that they will not be pleased. Tim, I, uh, I'm to understand that AFTRA is a commoners union, as opposed to the more exclusive membership that one obtains in the Screen Actors Guild. As a matter of fact. If you want to become a member of Astra, just plunk your $1,200 down to the counter and you're in they'll without take, any effort. They'll take anybody. Mm-hmm. No standards at all in that union. Whereas SAG, I would imagine... Is more exclusive. More, it's, I would say that the, they one, don't one just... Has, one has to pay one's dues and be on screen for a certain amount of time. One really has to earn it. That's correct. All right. It's earned, not bought. SAG, SAG doesn't give it away. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, there's a new book out for you ladies. It's called... How to eat like a hot chick. How to be oh, healthy. like a hot chick. Like a hot chick. Okay. How to be healthy and fabulous. This is written by Jody Lipper. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm just can I? I hate to interrupt you here, but uh, I'm not saying because I don't. I haven't seen her. Is she fat? I haven't seen her. Because I mean, that's exactly. I was just fabulous. Her it's because right she called herself fabulous. Mm-hmm. And you know <laughs> that is fat chicks. What's her name? I'm, Joni. Her name is Jody. J O D I Lipper. Uh, Lipper. J O D I Lip L I P P E R spelling yes for as you would spell lipper yeah uh, I mean anybody who describes a woman oh, who describes God, herself just... as fabulous is is fat I mean it's just there's no getting around that then we're going to talk to our co-author no, Serena who describes exactly what a hot chick is we don't we don't mean um, looking like you walked off the cover of a magazine we we mean a confident woman a, a, a woman who feels empowered confident and empowered are code words for fat you are, what you eat or what you She's crave or that you have an appetite all right, hold on. I'm looking at. Uh, is this her on the right? I think she's on the left. Left? I mean, we're not even looking at the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody on the left. She's the seven foot tall black woman. Yes. No, I don't even know who you're looking at. It's, it's, we're not even looking at each other's screens. No, she's on the right. Come on. Uh, this is her dark hair. Did dark you see eyes. With the green dress? Is this the no? This is she's the oh. blue velour top. Wait, let me see if I can find that. She's, um... Oh, yeah, she's on the right. <laughs> okay, she's not fat. I take it back. But don't you think that when you hear, like, no, 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 this is a woman who is confident and who is empowered, and you always just figure that that's a fat chick. It sounds like a woman with too much self-esteem. Seriously, got to knock her down a few pegs. Really, they're not sexy until they cry. Here's Tim Riley. Speaking of that, the six winners of Playboy Search for the Sexiest Girls of the Olive Garden have been found. <laughs> 
<laughs> Make sure you check out their unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> the sexiest girls of the Olive Garden. <laughs> Well, it turns out the poor economy is having effect on strip clubs. But, of course, not our own jiggles. We're talking about Florida here. Uh, talking about where? Dun, 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 Run by Joe. Damn, damn, damn. His club is called Mom's Venus. And he says uh, the guys there are struggling. They just don't have that discretionary money to come in and spend. They're, they're, they're trying to make their way in life and uh, buying gas and food that's higher now and other things that are necessity. That sounds like a classic place. Uh, Katrina, who's a stripper at uh, Mom's Venus, uh, says, uh, well, she's losing money, and she explains how she's handling the downturn. Well, you pretty much have to work longer hours and work harder, I guess. <laughs> how does one work harder, harder as stripping. a stripper? Yeah. Maybe a, a longer pole? Pole? You're either taking your clothes off or you're not, honey. Mm. I went to a strip club, um, I think, like last week sometime, and there's... And it's amazing the things that those girls can do on the pole. It is sort of impressive, actually. Oh, you can, like, hang from the... Like, I couldn't do it. ...basically the ceiling and, like, yeah. slide down. I mean, and, then, and then it makes the other ones look lazy. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, all kidding aside, I wouldn't be able to do any of those things. So, and you're right, and it does... And then the girls who are just sort of standing there, just, just like, peeling it off, like, just doing the Axl Rose dance, and then, sh you know, like, shimmering out of their panties or whatever, that really just looks unimpressive. You really, uh, you know, that's... The, the other ones really do raise the bar. You're right about that. Uh, Katrina talks about what she's noticed about her customers lately. You notice that people tend to come in a lot less than they used to. We have people that come in on a regular basis, and they come in a lot less, and they spend a lot less when they do come in. Well, maybe if they had a competition where they paid, say, a couple hundred dollars, that would bring in the gentleman. <laughs> but not everybody is that creative, are they? <laughs> a Canadian woman who describes herself as a white nationalist has lost custody of her children after sending her daughter to school twice. With a swastika on her arm. Wait, hold on. Hold on. In the book. Just a second. Let me get the... It's been a bit of... It's almost a week since somebody's gone in the book. All right. All right. What is her name? I'm looking for her name. Yeah. Jesus. Stupid people. All right. The Canadians will not release her name. Oh, come on. How am I supposed to put her in the book? It just says here, Winnipeg mother. Just say nameless Canadian Nazi woman. Nameless Canadian... Re re uh, drawing the swastika after a teacher scrubbed it off the first time. She is fighting the Canadian child welfare system to regain custody of her daughter, who's seven, and her son, two. Puts daughter in swastika. Which you regret it once. You don't just go and do it again. Well, they were alerted after the second swastika incident at school. When they arrived at the home, they found neo-Nazi symbols and flags. Jesus. And they took the kids away. Be forcibly sterilized. All right. Uh, so nameless Canadian mom, Winnipeg, puts daughter in swastika is whore. All right, there you go. So, she's in the book. She will be dealt with uh, in the appropriate fashion at the appropriate time. There will be uh, be a, uh, a dealing with that will happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, well, we should break here, and then we won't be so terribly behind. So, let me play us in the break here. Uh, actually, let's do this, sir. Why, because it's weird, but why don't you play, do you have to do the new Calvin thing? Yes. Because that's fairly short. Second. And I'll play the It's Rick thing uh, coming back, maybe, because that's a little longer. Uh, so we'll play uh, the latest production by our friend Calvin of White Wheat Sourdough English Muffin Babel Fan Fan Oscillating Fan Fame. Uh, into break. Fan thing has got hundreds of pictures. It's it, it really they're all genius. Uh, we'll come back. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will join us. We'll do the top five songs under two minutes in length. More from Tim Riley, and we'll play It's Rick plus your phone calls. Uh, today we are endeavoring to get to all calls within ten minutes of being screened. Uh, so we come back, we've got the, if you're on hold right now, stay there, we'll get to you, uh, on the other side. This, my friends, is the latest work from Calvin on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs>
classy girl. Penis and Xbox. I'm a classy girl. You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. I'm a classy girl. What is ringworm? I'm a classy girl. His tongue is hanging out. Look at I got you. I'm a classy girl. You know, I don't really recall. There are a lot of guys in the room. Yeah, I'm trying to find a bigger one. I'm a classy girl. Good news, everyone. I'm a classy girl. Jesus, for the love of Christ. I'm a classy girl. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming back. It's 503 Coming up this hour, more from Tim Riley. We'll do the top five songs under two minutes in length. Uh, and we'll get to your phone calls. Try to get to all calls answered within... We should get some, like, right now, because some people have been waiting for a while. Let's get some right now. That's Hi. a great idea, Rick. You're on the Rick... Yes, have some. Right. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, brother? Hey, I, uh, I heard that caller calling about lucent decapitation. I'm sorry? Uh, well, he, he, oh, he, lucent he, decapitation, yes, being conscious after your right. brain. Yeah, okay. And uh, I was reading this book uh, a while back called Elephants on Acid, mm-hmm. and it was all about a bunch of bizarre experiments. And uh, there was one, I think it's the guy that invented the, the heart-lung machine. It was, a, it was a Russian. And he cut, like, like hooked up this dog to a to a heart-lung machine, essentially, and then decapitated it, but it was still alive. Like, and it lived for days. You know, Sarah just made the saddest face. I was just going to say, we're not in favor of dog decapitation, clearly, but A, two things. Are you hugging Muppet right now? Well, they're Russians. What do you expect? They're savages. I mean, the the Russians are the same one that were just like, let's strap a monkey into this rocket and then send it to the sun. I mean, so, uh, also, uh, there was uh, some study a while back where they were tra- they, they, the U.S. government re- de- de- revealed that they had created some sort of a cyborg fish, where it was like a um, it was like a it was like a half fish, half robot. And then didn't we have some story that was just a while back where they like a monkey who had lost its arms, like they'd hooked a monkey up to robotic arms, and the monkey was able to like pick up a piece of fruit with like robot arms. So well, let's be clear you- that there are mad scientists; they do exist. Well, you know, there was there was one other interesting thing where they where they took two apes and they like like removed the head of one and put it on the body of the other one. Right. So they, they made it work, and you know the you know of course it was paralyzed, but it but it came to, and of course it was pretty mad. Yeah, that's just yeah, it, would, it was cross about the whole thing. <laughs> but, the, but, but, but the thing that was interesting in the book is it said that the, the scientists figured out that it's easier to put. Um, like when you like are taking a head and putting it on another body, mm-hmm. it's easier to put it on backwards than it is to put it on the right way. So, so, so when when this when this ape woke up, does know, it bother you that scientists spend time in a laboratory thinking about what way should they put an ape's head back on its body after they've switched heads with another ape? Oh man, you don't even know. I, I don't. What's it called? Elephants on acid. Yeah, elephants on another bizarre experiment. All right, I might read that. All right, thank you, sir. All right. 
All right, there you go. Moffat is very cross about the whole dog decapitation thing. He's not happy He's about that. He's kind of that. spazzing. Yeah. And also, uh, just so we can get this story out of the way, because everybody's been sending it to me. Did you see the thing about the upcoming Olympics? China has, like in Beijing, they sent out, like, stern letters to all of the local eateries saying, do not serve dog for the next month. Uh, because, you know, there's many people who find that to be off-putting. And so in Beijing, no lie, the government has put out the word. Like, they're going to be sending inspectors out there. Like, if we see you serving dog, like, to get it off the menu. Like, don't just say you're out of it. Like, remove, like, put out an alternate menu mm. that does not feature, like, terrier. Uh, and they said, if we find you serving dog, the Chinese government will be most displeased. And you do not want the Chinese government to be displeased with you because you and whole family uh, will vanish forever. That sounds scary. All right. Uh, two more, and then we'll welcome Aaron Duran to the show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Speak now! Hey, Rick, how you doing? What's up? Hey, just wanted to uh, let you know about Dry Candy Kirk's performance tonight. You get that release I sent over to you? Uh, I saw, I was uh, uh, biking by a telephone pole the other day and had a sign, but I forget exactly where. Where are they playing? Uh, they're going to be down at uh, Liberty Plaza Concert, which is right next to the Clackamas County Courthouse. Excellent. The always busy Clackamas County uh, uh, Courthouse. Place for the Kirk's fans, you know? Yes. Uh, all right, thank you. And? And uh, they're going to have Viso. Viso's going to be out there, free samples, uh, giving out all of uh, the different flavors that you're not often able to find in all the stores. So. Wait, so there's a, so it's actually, so Viso is going to be at the show as well? Viso and the Dry County Crips. It's going to be a great show. Best show ever. All right. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Starts at 6. Uh, more information at www.ocdbc.com. O-C- OCDBC. OBC. What? DBC? Like damn bastard something? Um, downtown business. Coach. Oh, downtown business. <laughs> All right. I'm sure the Dry County Crooks will have it on their website, too. They will. Thank you, my, thank you, my friend. All right. The Dry County Crooks and Viso in the clack tonight. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. I never did. We never did put together music for you. And every week I say that we're going to do it. And every no, week we haven't we done it. Done it. Uh, Aaron Geek in the That's city. That's the show where you can, get, you can get all your vitamins, minerals, and rock. Yes. Uh, if only I could. I'm just trying to see if I have something put together. Here. Okay. Wait. Wait. Do, 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 do. News on the mark. No, that doesn't work either. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Hello. Hi. Uh, sound crackly? Yeah, you were a little overdriven there because that microphone gets used for everybody. And so sometimes people speak quietly. We have to turn it way up. Oh. And then you come in and you have a loud voice. Are you wearing an L.A. County Coroner's Office shirt? Yes, I bastard. am. I'm I didn't you shirt. break your cup? Um, I did. I broke my cup, as I break all coffee cups inevitably. And then when the last time I was there, I tried to buy something, and they were out of. Uh, they didn't have any shirts. All they had was a hoodie, which I didn't want. So I think they're doing like a huge inventory change. Last so year, righteous. I love this shirt. Uh, all right, let's talk about Batman. Okay. What do you Batman, know? Batman, Batman. Uh, so, so should we go back to, to the beginning of the show? Because Aaron's like, I have so much to say about Batman and the, the and the relationship with uh, the we, Joker versus Batman. And before we do that, let me then, I, I created this sounder, which I should have used to bring you on today. Aaron, hold on a second. Let me see if I have this here. Should we strike that, reverse it, and pretend like I haven't come in yet? Uh, I have a thing. I, I think I created a little Dark Knight music bed today. Let's see if I have that. Dairy Queen crickets. <laughs> I, you know, we have to do an inventory of these at some point. Bat sound? No. I swear to God, I made a sounder for the Dark Knight. Well, maybe not. Maybe I maybe I don't have it. Um, so uh, it was going to be the 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 uh, the underneath music uh, for all of this. So somebody called at the top of the show. Oh, Let's, you didn't make it? I did, but I don't know where I put it. I think I I saved it, but I don't know where it went. I did it. I created it. This is me clicking it through my computer, by the way. I can just plug in my iPod because I've pretty much been listening to the score nonstop for let about me, four days. Let me look one more time here, and then we may um. We we may do that. Let's see. Date created. Sort by. Let me just see if it's not here. We'll I'll dig, I'll dig it up or something during the break. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's yeah. an MP3. That's why I couldn't see it. It's not a wave. 
All right. All right, Aaron Duran. Yes, so somebody called at the top of the show about Dark Knight, which is going to be uh, AM 970. will be hosting the Portland premiere of the Dark Knight uh, next Thursday night slash Friday morning. Go to 970.am now. Scroll down to the Assert of the Rick Emerson Show section. Look on the, the look for the Why So Serious poster. Buy your tickets. Meet us at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard next Thursday night for the midnight screening of the Dark Night. We'll have uh, Dark Night merchandise giveaways. We'll all be there. We'll be, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. We've heard from a lot of people who are gonna be there. Get your tickets now. It will sell out. So, I get to go Monday <laughs> at noon. Who? Let's all raise. Hold on. Everybody who gets to see this early in the room, raise your hands. Oh, not so fast, Rick. So Sarah You're the gets one to go. Just hit delete on the RSVP button. I didn't hit delete. I never even saw it. It went to my spam folder. Uh-huh. I never even got to see it. So. I'm just saying, that's fine. Do you fine. see what I have in my hand, Rick Emerson? You know, I'm a man of the people. You have Arkham Asylum, which is a Batman graphic oh, novel. my God. Yeah, because I've read The Killing Joke over and over again, and Aaron kept telling me about the other one that Heath Ledger is basing his performance on. This is, this that's the book so... that's probably why Heath Ledger went a little nutty. So let's talk about Batman. Somebody called at the top of the show, a woman, and she said, do you agree that Batman and the Joker, or that the Joker secretly loves Batman in a, in a sort of weird, closeted, romantic way? I don't think he loves him. I think he so deeply despises and hates him that it's an obsession. Because I, I think when, you, when, you're, when you're deeply in love with somebody, you're willing to do anything you know, for them to in protect them. In line between love and hate. Yeah, but if you hate someone just as much as you could love someone, what would you do to break them down and destroy them? It becomes your driving goal in life. And I think the reason why the Joker hates Batman so much is the Joker feels that Batman won't acknowledge that he's just as effed up as he is. Well, that's so. Do you agree with my assessment that just as Belloc says to Indiana Jones, it would take only a nudge to make you into me, or whatever? Uh, yeah. Uh, did you agree that the Batman is crazy? Uh, to a point, yeah, I would agree. That's the whole point of the Arkham Asylum book, is that Joker tells Batman, whenever the real world gets too dangerous out there, you can always come back home. Right. Um, so, and there's also people within the comics that believe that the Joker has known for years that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. Really? But that killing Bruce Wayne, there, there's no pleasure in it. It's, so he has Bruce to kill Wayne Batman. Bruce Wayne is the mask anyway. It's Batman's the real person. All right, then. And so, uh, uh, so if somebody wants to sort of be kind of boning up on their Joker knowledge, their Batman knowledge... I had to bring a list. What? I wouldn't forget. That's, all, that's, that's okay. That's why I put together this bed. So what should people be sort of pre-reading before they see okay. Dark Knight? Um, there's a few things out there. There's actually one. It's not a Batman book. It's a Justice League of America graphic novel called Tower of Babel. And the reason why I pointed that out for people to read is because in Tower of Babel, you realize just how deep Batman's obsession and paranoia goes when you realize that he's created a contingency plan to take out and or kill every hero in the DC Universe should they step out of line. Really? And in that book, a villain gets a hold of that list and does bad things. So, I mean, that just shows how far, you know, Batman will go to maintain order in his mind. That's how badly he needs order, is he's willing to take out everyone else that might get uppity. (laughs) Can I just can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. What is the definitive, if there is one? What is the definitive Joker origin story? There because isn't one because there's so many takes on how he turned from a guy into yeah. the Joker. Um, there is, they tried a few times to quote say the definitive one, but I think the best way to explain it is actually said in Killing Joke when the Joker says, "I've got so many paths, I just prefer I prefer multiple choice." And is that is that the case that not even the Joker really remembers how he came to be? That's what I like to think, yeah, because in a way. In much the same way that creating that stupid prequel, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, kind of takes the edge off Leatherface. Hannibal Lecter. <coughs> same thing. Yeah, anything like that. To, to give a reason sometimes lessens the impact. I, Part I think, of the fear of the Joker is when you realize that some people are just broken and evil and there's nothing you can do about it. I think it. the thing that Hannibal Lecter said, which they then 
Goddamn Thomas Harris. I could just talk about that guy. I could yell about that guy for I don't need an editor. <laughs> Seriously, it's genius. 1,200 pages. Um, Hannibal Lecter, I think, says in either Silence or Red Dragon, one of the two in the books, he actually is talking to Clarice, and he says, because she's trying to deduce why he came to be the way he yeah. is. Like, why did, Hannibal Lecter, why, why do you eat people? And he said something like, you can't reduce me to a series of influences and past behaviors. I simply am the way I am. And that was what was so terrifying. But then you read Hannibal and and, and Hannibal Rising, and right. it just becomes crap because they tell you everything and you don't want to know. So he's the poor Lithuanian boy. Totally, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, what else do, uh, do um, people need? Some to other books out there. You want to read a book called uh, Gotham Central: Unresolved Targets, written by a local Portlander, Greg Rucka, and that kind of gives you a cool insight on the cops of Gotham City who have to deal with all this crap. So in that book, Batman doesn't actually make an appearance, but. Um, if you want to just try to imagine like the grittiest, ugliest episode of NYPD Blue, mm-hmm. but now you've got to deal with the freaks, you know, and people throwing acid on faces and blowing up buildings. So that's a fantastic series. Um, another Batman book you want to get is called Batman the Cult. Uh, it was released, I believe, in 1986, 87, and it was the first book ever that actually just broke Batman. He, within the first two pages, he's psychologically broken, and he ends up being controlled by this, um, basically this insane preacher. Excellent. And uh, that was a big shocking element because you see what it takes for Batman to rebuild his own mind. And also has the controversy that it may be the first only time Batman's ever shot someone while under the control of this evil pastor. Now, does Batman, uh, uh, does Batman kill people? Does no. he flat out kill people? No. I mean, he did uh, back in the 1930s when he came out, back when every superhero did. And then during the, uh, the huge congressional crackdown of the 1950s, uh, basically, the then editor and owner of DC Comics, to save their pants, put out a decree that DC heroes will never kill again. Really? And that kind of got Congress off DC's back. And ever since then, it's been retconned that Batman has never killed. Ah, I see. So, uh, and they, you know, they've kind of worked in the whole thing that he hates guns because, you know, parents killed by guns killed. and stuff like that. And he finds guns terrible. By the way, retcon means a retroactive Sorry. continuity. Yes. Uh, where you go back and you fix everything sort of in post uh, yeah. to make it all uh, so it's consistent. Movie yeah. fans might call it pulling a Lucas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. Um, another book you want to read is called Batman the Long Halloween. Just came out. It came out a few years ago. Uh, written by Jeff Loeb. People who watch Heroes know that name because he basically runs that show. Illustrated by Tim Sale. Uh, the Long Halloween pretty much covers the first year of Batman's life as Batman. And for the most part serves as the foundation for both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Uh, you see how the mob deals with their crumbling power in the face of all the rising freaks. You see the creation of Two-Face in Long Halloween, and the book is just gorgeous. It reads like a crime noir novel with pictures. It's Excellent. fantastic. And then the other two I'm going to bring up is uh, the first one is Killing Joke, which I've heard you and Sarah just talking about like crazy. It's over. actually the only graphic novel I own. Uh, and uh, I'm actually going to have to read it again. I've got that. Uh, I, I bought that many years ago, and it just blew my mind. Well, yeah. you want to you want to read the copy that I loaned to Sarah because it's been re-inked by the by Brian Bowen, the guy who actually did it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to jump out even more powerful now because his own ink's on there. And in that one, that was real pivotal because in that book, uh, Barbara Gordon, who becomes Batgirl, who is Batgirl in the comics, not to be confused with the terrible Alicia Silverstone version. Right. Um, that's the one where she's shot and paralyzed by the Joker, and Commissioner Gordon is tortured. Who, Barbara? Yeah, Barbara. Okay. Because because that's the thing about Killing Joke, right? Is it, is it really re- it reestablishes the fact or establishes the fact that, that the Joker is not just kooky; he's evil. Right. I mean, he's a ba- he's a bad he's a villain. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrible, terrible person. In the 1930s and 40s, he was portrayed that way. He was messed up. He killed random 
randomly, didn't care what it was. Sometimes he just went out just to kill. And again, because of the whole congressional stuff that came down in the 60s... They made him more goofy. He was His character was all just pretty much just castrated into goofiness. Right. He was spraying paint on buildings and walking away. He became Cesar Romero. Right. For the most part, that's... And it wasn't until the mid-80s that he got dark and evil all over again. And Killing Joke really set that standard of the Joker is just evil and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that book is just disturbing. It's and messed up. up. It really is. Yeah, Especially I, that, so what's the deal with... Okay, so the end of that book, so, you know, the Killing Joke ends and then you see, like, the feet and then, you know, you see the water or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, So what's the cartoon that's... Er, whatever it is, that's after it with the guy with the glasses? What is that? That's actually the artist. That is Brian Boland. And he always had this idea. He always wanted to end the book with the way he thinks Batman's gonna get, is going to die one day. Now, are we spoiling something here? Um, we no, might no, want I will, to be quiet because specific. that's only been released in that new version. Okay. But the thing that he talks about doing, is that what he thinks? That's how he thinks Batman should find... If Batman is to die in the comics one day, that's how it should happen. Really? Yeah. Which is kind of a... See, I don't want to say anything because it would yeah, 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 so yeah, we should so and then yeah. you gave her Arkham Asylum. Arkham was, Asylum, which was probably one of my personal favorite graphic novels of all time, period. Batman Joker, what have you. It's also the greatest selling single standalone graphic novel of all time. Really? Sold over half a million copies so far. Just huge amount. And basically in that one, uh the inmates take control of Arkham Asylum. They're gonna kill everybody unless they meet their one demand, which is they want Batman to come in and pretty much run their right. gauntlet. I'm, okay, I'm buying that tonight. It's it's. I'm gonna I go to Powell's books at Cedar Hills Crossing I am tonight. I'm so excited. You <laughs> I'm told me I'm like vibrating. I'm so seriously. About I'm this going thing. to Powell's books tonight, and I'm gonna buy it. Heath Ledger studied two books primarily: The Killing Joke, but he really got into depth on Arkham Asylum, and you know, not to say like what maybe kind of made him insomniac and a little messed up. Right. But I can see getting into that character and then studying Arkham Asylum as a character study. That would do a serious number on you. Kids, the Joker is not a role model. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so. seriously, because I have to work at, I'm working at Baby Grove Boutique today, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to go home. I'm going to have a beer, and I'm going to sit on my back porch and read that. You should do night. it while listening to The Dark Knight score. Oh, yeah. 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 All oh, right. God. Yeah, and you'll just spend hours looking at it. The Arkham Asylum is also just filled with symbolisms. Uh, it was written by Grant Morrison, who's one of the biggest names of comics right now. And uh, the art was done by Dave McKean, who other comic fans know was the primary artist for the bulk of the early Sandman stuff from Neil Gaiman. So if you're familiar with the symbolism in Sandman, it started in Arkham Asylum. Excellent. We'll take a break here, and we'll come back. Oh, should we do these calls? Yeah, yeah. We'll do these calls, then we'll play us into break. We'll come back. Tim Riley, more of Aaron Duran, Top 5. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up, brother? Uh, well, you know, you made that comment earlier about how lightning is a reminder to us all that we do not control the weather. Yes, sir. Well, the Chinese government disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> we control, we the control the weather. We control all weather. <laughs> they have a they have a government agency dedicated to controlling the weather. Are you kidding me? Well, then no, yeah. I guess I'm not surprised. Really, they were no. launching missiles at the clouds about a month ago. Yeah, they're, they're the clouds angered them. The Cloud, keep looking at me. You blow from sky. Yeah, they uh, have it in full force. They say for the uh, Olympics, so that they're gonna like try and disperse the clouds before they get to the show games, or um, um, like somehow use. Uh, their missiles to uh, delay the rain so that it won't rain. Actually, <laughs> I just love the idea. File one. <laughs> I love you have the Chinese, the Chinese government just demanding that the weather accede to their wishes, or they will launch missiles at it. That is well, fantastic. It's it's pretty. It was pretty great. I forget where I read that, but it was awesome. All right, excellent. All right, thank you, my Do friend. Do not serve doggo. We feed you to patient zero. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, one more, and then we'll break. Hi, huh? you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, it's CJ. Hello, hi. Um, uh, for 
Bringer of Family Guy DVDs. Uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, I got a ticket to the Thursday show. Yes, sir. Um, and I also had uh, some information. I've been trying to send you uh, an interesting one-shot comic called Zombies, uh, but instead of a Z, it's a triple X. Uh-huh. And basically, it takes place uh, at the dawn of the modern porn industry in L.A. It's a pretty and great book. Porn. I have it. Why not? Uh, and, and the zombie play hits L.A. and it just follows. No, I'm sold. Book. You had me no, at zombie it's, porn. It's I mean, zombie yeah. XXX. Uh, here's, by the way, sir. Uh, I am finished with uh, all but about. I'm, I'm finished with all but season two. So I finished season one and season three. So I'll have that Family Guy stuff ready for you to pick up at, the, right. at some point. Um, how did score work out for you? Uh, today. Well, I mean that. that Computer game I dropped off. Oh, I'm so, oh, I think it's four today. I was going to say I have to get home and have to have to plunge it. That's what my weekend is going to be spent doing. My wife is gone. I will be finishing up that Family Guy. Uh, Spore, which is the creature creator game, is righteous, by the way. So, ah. um, drop me an email and uh, we'll hook up at the Family Guy thing like next week, sir. Uh, well, you can bring it to the. Uh, oh, I can bring it to the Dark Knight actually if you're going to be there. So. Yeah. You're good. You're doing the Lord's work. Zombie with yeah. three X's. Yeah, uh, I I can try and email you. Because the fourth com comic cover is like uh, a zombified version of The Godfather. Oh, this is so cool. Uh, all right, boy. This, you know, I didn't. They, they, re they redo covers from the '70s from all their for all their poster covers. You know, for both good and bad, this show really, as dorky as I have always been, this show just has just made all of us so much geekier than we ever. It's Are like you kidding me? You have me reading graphic novels on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my whole weekend now. You know what? I'm, I'm just sitting watch Family Guy and then play Spore Creature Creator. My mission is complete. All right, thank you, my friend. Right. Well, I'll see you at the Dark Knight then. All right. Thank Bye. you. All right. Speaking of nerds, I'll play us into break with this, and uh, we'll come back with Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Rick. It's Rick. There's magic in the air. It's Rick. Broadcasting everywhere. It's Rick. I can't believe my ears. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. It's Rick. It's Rick, it's Rick, that joke was kind of wrong. It's Rick, they're playing top five songs. It's Rick, the streets are lined with Portland people laughing. Everybody seems so happy, he's more than a little daffy. It is Rick, it's Rick. He's in a dungeon studio with Sarah and with Tim. Richie Bristol taking phone calls until they summon him. I look in through the window, oh, I can't believe my ears. And in my bones I feel his rage. This will all end in tears. It's Rick, they're hanging out with stars, they diss, his show is so unique, he's wired, they're lining up around the crystal ballroom to see him roasted alive, it's Rick! It's Rick, in here, they're watching TMZ, out there, he's going to the plan, and why? He's going to buy another Viso, drink another tablet magazine, Kirstie Alley's on the cover, and a pretty spread inside, it sounds like fun, this sounds like fun, for hours a day I get my wish, it's Rick! Oh my, what now? He's calling CNN to talk to Lisa, Bob, and Jim. They chat, but not about the news or facts or politics, nor only little factoid things in idle conversation. It's Rick! And Mr. Skin is missing because Richie didn't call. Is he still hungover from the Cobra alcohol? The screaming con watch makes it rub the lotion on its skin. In less than an hour means the show will soon begin.
It's Rick, the sound. He's everywhere and all around. I've never felt so good before. This empty place inside of me is filling up. I simply cannot get enough. I want it, oh, I want it, oh, I want it for my own. I've got to know, I've got to know what is the show that I have found. What is this? Emerson? Hmm. I'm a classy girl. Penis and Xbox. I'm a classy girl. You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. I'm a classy girl. What is ringworm? I'm a classy girl. His tongue is hanging out. Look what I got you. I'm a classy girl. You know, I don't really recall. There are a lot of guys in the room. Yeah, I'm trying to find a bigger one. I'm a classy girl. Good news, everyone. I'm a classy girl. Jesus, for the love of Christ. I'm a classy girl. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Turning tricks for a thousand bucks a day? A gang member forced a 15-year-old girl to live a life of a prostitute. He's been given six years in the Who's Go. DeAndre Trevin Green, who lives in Loa and is only 25, gets up to 70 months in prison and three years supervised release for the crime of transportation of an individual for legal sexual activity. The prostitute of a minor, by both her pimp as well as the Johns, taking advantage of her as a crime and offends all standards of civility, said the attorney. Simply put, this defendant profited from the sexual abuse of a child. He met the 15-year-old in Portland in March 2007. He recruited her to work as a prostitute for him in the area. He explained that the victim, to the victim, and it was a business. She was to respect him as her pimp and gave him all her money. While working, the victim was required to make $1,000 a day, which she did. The drumhead featured on the cover of the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album sold for over a million dollars at a Christie's auction yesterday. John Lennon's lyrics, Give Peace a Chance, sold for 833000 Those lyrics were handed to comedy writer Gail Renard at Lennon and Yoko's famous Montreal Benin in 1969. Also, well, there's some other stuff from Ella Fitzgerald and Madonna also on Kidot. Bet you can't wait, Jessica Simpson has set the date for the release of her planned country album. Her dad tells Us Magazine it'll be the, uh, let's see, the ninth day of the ninth month, September. Because Jessica is, quote, into nines. That's it for now. Okay. Should we do the top five? Yes, yes. All right. Five, Ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five. Four, three, two, one, fire. This, this email's great. says, Rick, if you keep this up, you won't have to label any of your bumpers, seeing as how your audience will have made all of them for you. <laughs> that is true. By the way, you can get that uh, It's Rick song at myspace.com slash Benjamin the Bard. Uh, myspace.com slash Benjamin the Bard. Here's Tim Riley with today's topic. Well, there's a lot of big words in this one. And musical compositions. <laughs> I'm sorry. And musical compositions need not be lengthy to be profound or interminable to be great. <laughs> interminable to be great. Occasionally. 
120 <laughs> seconds or less is all it takes to secure your place in the rock pantheon. These are the top five songs of less than two minutes in length. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> Just take. An honorable mention are the Beatles with Norwegian Wood. Uh, let's see, Norwegian Wood. Really just laugh at Norwegian yeah, I'm Wood. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, These are the top five songs song. under two minutes in length. This one actually is honorable mention. It's exactly two minutes. Uh, two minutes on the nose. Great song. First use of a sitar in pop music. Such a great opening line. That's one of the best opening lines ever. Did they play the sitar? Did they get, uh, was it Ravi Shankar? Oh, this is George Michael. Or George Michael. George Harrison. <laughs> George Michael as a zygote. Uh, yeah, this is George Harrison because that's when he had, they had gone to visit the Maharishi. Yeah. Uh, and George Harrison had become very interested in, in, you know, Eastern meditation and whatever. Great song. This is the what this, this is what separates I think the Beatles from a lot of their acolytes in later years is that even when the Beatles were being experimental, like Happiness is a Warm Gun we played the other day, which is like seven songs all merged into one, or here where they're using a sitar, even when they were trying to be experimental and arty, they were still, you know, they still made accessible sort of very hook laden music. Their music is still really pop. I mean, you know, there's a great melody. It's instantly recognizable. It's instantly accessible. I mean, they just had so much. It's like they couldn't write a song that wasn't accessible. And then the weird thing is how this song ends so inexplicably. Just such a dark turn where he, it ends on that, so I lit a fire. So it's like this whole thing about how he's getting on with this girl, which John Lennon said was about a real affair he was having. And then it suddenly just ends with him burning her flat down. Tag to go out on. Top five songs less than two minutes in length. Number five, the Beach Boys and Little Deuce Coop. This is a fundamentally stupid song, by the way. Um, this is an entire song. It really is like he just had a children's auto repair manual opened. It's a catchy song, and I love the Beach Boys, and the vocals are great, and all of that. Uh, but if you listen to everything after the first verse, it literally is just him listing off the various mechanical aspects of the car. She's ported and relieved and stro uh, stroked and bored, or whatever it was. He's a flathead mill, which I think is some sort of engine thing that you do. James Hetfield made a whole career out of doing this. He can't really knock it. No, I'm just, you know. I mean, it's a great song and all, but it, it's really only saved from being a corny novelty song by the fact that it's got that Brian Wilson, you know, production. All right. Top five. This song, by the way, is... I'll do the times as we go along. This song is 1 minute 37 seconds in its entirety. All right. Counting on the top five songs shorter than two minutes, Tim. Number four, The White Stripes. I fell in love with a girl. One minute, 50 seconds, uh, this song, in its entirety. This is that song that has the Lego video. I realize at this point I have nothing to say about the White Stripes. 
Is it wrong that I'm not a big fan of them? <sighs> no, I mean, I'm a casual fan of the White Stripes. You know, I, I always feel like I ought to be a bigger fan than I am. That's what I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm missing out on something by not getting them. But it's like every time I try to dismiss the White Stripes completely, just because it'd be easier, it's like one less thing to take your track of, then I hear a song that's really good, you know? Uh, so, you know, what are you going to do? Counting on the top five songs that are shorter than two minutes in length. Number three, Motorhead, Ramones. So this is a song called Ramones by Motorhead. It's a Motorhead original. Uh, this song is 129, and it's about the Ramones, of course. This came out on the album uh, 1916, I think is the name of this album. And it does. It accomplishes the neat trick of sounding exactly like a Ramon song. I do also think I might be wrong about this, but I think this is the last song the Ramones ever played live. That's not right. Uh, you know what the last song the Ramones played live was? It was Surrender with Cheap Trick. On stage with Cheap Trick. Really? Yeah. It was in San Francisco, I think, is where that tour ended. And the Ramones' last ever live performance, I think, was at Lollapalooza with Cheap Trick, and they played Surrender. And I think that was their final public performance. Counting out the top five songs shorter than two minutes in length. Tim Riley. Number two are the Ramones. And Judy is a plunk. Plunk. <laughs> Judy is a plunk sounds like she's a carnival game. Dunk the plunk. By the way, the song gets bonus points for non-ironic use of the phrase second verse, same as the first. You really do realize that the Ramones were really just a much louder kids of Whitney High in some ways. I mean, let's just be honest about that. The song's got like nine words, two and a half chords. It's a minute and a half long and makes no sense at all. But it's great. Counted on the top five songs under two minutes in length. Tim Riley. Number one, the box tops and the letter. One minute, 53 seconds. Alex Chilton. Guess how old this lead singer is, uh, Sarah Dillon? No, right. right here as he's singing this, Alex Chilton. Guess how old he is here? 53. 14. Oh. Yeah. 14. Alex Chilton was 14 when he sang this. No. Wait, let me look. Isn't that insane? It's like, what's his name? My brain can't even compute that. It's like when you see Andrew Strong singing The Commitments, and he's 15. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in history. Have a good weekend, Tim.
The letter is 1 minute 53 seconds. Nothing. It means nothing. But it takes the box tops less than two minutes to say what it takes Jethro Tull hours to not accomplish. Great song. All right, back after this, more of Aaron Duran. And if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll finish up phone calls around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, don't forget, Tom Like is at 3, uh, Flash Friday today, uh, Michael Mara's show at 7. Uh, we'll be back uh, Monday and so forth. Don't forget, next week, The Dark Night, next Thursday night slash Friday morning, the Regal Cinema is in Tigard. Go to 970.am uh, to get your tickets. They will sell out. Uh, we'll all be there. We'll have our merchandise and whatnot and hey now and blah, 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 blah. And don't uh, forget, you can also catch me on Miles Around every Saturday doing Car Wars. Is that true? Yeah. Tells Just one anyway. more thing I don't... <laughs> One more bit of your soul you can give to CBS for nothing! Yeah! Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran is here, as well as Court and Fatboy from Rock 101 KUFO. Hello Hi. there. Hi, how you doing? Midnight movie, which uh, you'll have to forgive me. I completely spaced it. I thought it was next week somehow. No, well, yeah, it kind of sneaks up on you. Predator. Predator, yes. Big screen uh, tonight, Baghdad Theater, 11 o'clock, a mere $3 to get in. And I just finalized some uh, some extra special before screening goodies well, that's good, yeah. did, you put, did you get a special movie there for the beginning of the... Of course of... I did. You know that I'm doing that. That's very that. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the Predator, there will be other things of this nature. So Dylan is looking at us quite funny. I don't understand what <laughs> This happens mean. to me every She's day. Oh, oh, just gonna say, Lord. Welcome to Court's Hell. Okay, so that is uh, 11 o'clock tonight. So what did you show before the last uh, film, before Top Gun? Uh, before you, Top did Gun. Did you show... Did, was there something... Did you rickroll people before Top Gun? No, what happened was we were supposed to... It, was, it wasn't before Top Gun. It, it was, was, oh, it was supposed to be before Lebowski. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big Lebowski. Right, we're going to okay. rile up the Lebowski heads, um, the, the true believers, the achievers, uh, by letting them think that Big Lebowski was starting, and then we were going to stop the movie like within like three seconds of it starting. And Never going to give you up. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Never gonna... But um, the, uh, the trailer reel started stuttering. And uh, we almost lost the Lebowski crowd. Though. Yeah, they almost oh. got vicious. They're yeah. getting ready to turn. They turn it, on you. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to rain white Russians. Which then <laughs> says something, because all those people had been uh, gathering in the park down the street uh, and, and smoking copious amounts of ganja. Yeah. And so yeah. for them to get angry was, <laughs> was saying something. It was really saying something. Excellent. Uh, so there will be something happening tonight before Predator. Yes, indeed. I, I believe we've also got some uh, stuff that we're going to be giving away. And, and it's going to be a big shindig. Eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Court and Fatboy Midnight Movie tonight at the Baghdad, uh, 11 o'clock. It is Predator. Uh, and, uh, all right. And so there you go. Uh, and I was going to make a to watch a Predator joke, and then I just, it just seemed. It That's already on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, never mind then. <laughs> uh, and then Aaron YouTube Durant, Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2, very good. Better than the first Hellboy. I don't know why. Good review. We've got like three minutes. <laughs> Aaron Durant, age five. You know, <laughs> okay, no, Hellboy 2, it's, uh, it's really great. Um, <laughs> it's just like refrigerator magnet fail. reviews. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask something. Hellboy 2, happy good fun time at theater. <laughs> Rick, I wanted to ask something because I yeah. was uh, listening uh, in the car on the way here. Uh-huh. Did you put out like a call to have a whole bunch of remixes done about you? Because I heard like no. two of them on people the way just, in. People just do it. Like I heard Benjamin the Bard's one, and that one was, that was a pretty good cool. instrument he was using. Best though. audience ever. That was Rick snorting. Uh, oh, no. Oh, Benjamin. 
Yeah, he just something just like a, just a, you know, a little keyboard. I, didn't I don't know. know. He played the accordion. You should bring that to the commentary. Tomorrow. I yeah. I have nothing. I, you know what? We don't. Oh, uh, he has a full. Just, they he has just a do full it. Bard troop when he goes to SEA events. And there's you know like the Calvin guy that does the white wheat sourdough and the uh, the one the new one of me snorting. And you then put there's, together an album. You know this, right? Put uh, together an album and make it available. Well, there's the one that you did that's like court going and then vomiting and then you know belching or whatever. Maybe not an album, but like an EP or something. Put it up on the website. Yeah. Maybe. The sounds of Rick Emerson. And it'd be like a close <laughs> the many up on your moods. <laughs> the many moods of Rick Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no snorting bagels and sourdough. Uh, let's try to. Uh, we made this pledge today that we were going to get to all calls within 10 minutes of screening. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How you doing, Rick? What's this up? Randy. Hello. Well, you know, what's that drink you drink in the morning called Viso? Yes. Um, there's a thing I thought of. Can you get the feeling of going like, kerfloing? You know, when you drink it, you get that sudden, like, wake up feeling? You see what I'm, see what I'm getting at? Absolutely, sir, and I could not possibly agree more. You've spoken. The is called. You've spoken yep. for all of us. You have embodied everything. I don't have any idea. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, I just wanted to know, why do you hate Weird Al? I'm sorry. Oh, is this a reference to our failure to secure his in-studio services as of yet? Well, there's that, and you skipped Harvey. Harvey the Wonder, Wonder Hamster. Hamster. All right. Yeah. Or, uh, I knew. I knew uh, I would get those. Your hog. All right. Well, look, there's only five five slots on the list, friend. It's not easy what I do here. As River Phoenix says in sneakers. I do have one other question. Yes. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but uh, what are you wearing? Do you really want to know what I'm wearing? Well, I need to build a sex temple. (laughs) Thank you. Bye now. Rick Emerson. Hi, you're. Oh, I just hung up on a guy by mistake. I just hit the button twice. Sorry sorry about whoever that was. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, I won't be asking what you're wearing. All right. (laughs) That's good to know. Now that we've got that awkwardness out of the way, how can I serve you today? Exactly, yeah. Hey, I'm on vacation next week. I was wondering if I should bring in my pet lizard. Um, I think I speak for everybody when I say no, probably not. Uh, what kind of pet lizard do you have, sir? A bearded dragon. Is it how big would you say it is, like head to tail? Uh, not quite two feet long. Uh, let's go around the room. Who thinks he should bring in his pet lizard? Sarah? No, thank you. Absolutely, yes. Bring it twice. Sarah? <laughs> No, hell no. Uh, Rick Emerson votes no. I I think we're all kind of lizarded out at the moment. I, uh, I also have a small fluffy dog in here somewhere. And let's leave me just the, the, the smallest shreds of my dignity, seeing as how there's a lot of real-time footage of me hiding on top of the refrigerator like a 1950s housewife cowering in front of a rodent. So, all right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for the offer, though. It doesn't go unappreciated. Okay, sure, dude. Thank you. All right. I've heard his feelings. Uh, do I have time for one more? Yeah, I'd take it for it. You tell me which line. i got three to choose from. Two. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Last call of the week, setting the tone for my entire mood all through Saturday and Sunday. Don't suck. Oh, well, you have a wonderful weekend. Whatever you do, Rick. Thank you, my friend. Sports, fat boy. I love you guys. I'm going to be listening to you tonight. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Radio hugs to you, sir. You are all. You are all my favorite people in the whole wide world. There. Can you stop that? No. Thank you. We're going to go out on that. Thank you. Excellent. Well done. See, now, see, if I were Timmy Ryan, I would go the one step too far by taking the next call, which would just be a bunch of flatulence noises. Not me. Pulling the ripcord now. Uh, all right, we're going to have CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Ed McCarthy, and James Roop, as well as Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, do we have somebody else Woo-hoo. in today? I don't think so. I think that was it. Uh, Court and Fatboy, uh, Midnight Movie tonight, Predator, 11 o'clock at the Baghdad. Be there tonight for their Midnight Movie. Don't forget yes. to thank uh, me here for being on your show. I just thanked you 10 seconds ago. You You've were been standing right next time. to me. 
I think he's trying Never to get mind. on the Forget it. Thank you. Moving on. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970. The talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley in the phones. It's Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donat with me, Reynolds. As always, my friends, watch out for snakes. Thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. I'm huge. Bye now. I'm a classy girl.